Oh yeah, baby, we are back. We are back in action. We are feeling it. We are feeling ourselves. Unfortunately, the season draws ever nearer to a close, but you know what? We are back. For the month of November, we are back. It's going to be just a, a month of being back. We're back in town. We're ready to rip it. Welcome back to Blind Lines on the Foolery Podcast Network. I'm Boone. That's Jaren. Jared, how are we feeling this week, man? Feeling good, man. Well, this is I'm I'm back on back on the wagon here. I think we're we're ready to rip and roll here. Uh, I think we you know we'll get to it real quickly here in a second. But we had a pretty good week. I think Josh may have been some some help. Poppy, Poppy came Ooh. through the doctor. So Senior Poppy, you did your just, jobs. Just Sam, what the doctor's ordered. Just what the doctor orders for us. So. Uh, I think we're ready to roll. Uh, you, you ready to dive into week the week ten recap? Yeah, give it, give it to me. Let's. I want to. I want to hear back all the good news. All right. So hitting our standard games here, we had uh, number twenty five K State at number seven Texas. Uh, we said four and a half points here. It was a little ugly there for a while. I don't know. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> how much you're feeling? I think what was it twenty eight zero, twenty one zero. Uh, it was looking tough. It was looking tough for a second. K State climbed out of the hole, comes back, makes it to, actually Thank gets God. to overtime. And honestly, they they did miss a field goal there that that kind of potentially could have won them the game. And then they ended up making it uh, with time expiring to go into overtime. End up losing a uh, thirty three to thirty here, but doesn't matter. We got the cover uh, four and a half there. So started off with a win, pretty strong. Also in that noon slate, uh, Notre Dame at Clemson. We had uh, we thought this number was a little odd. Notre Dame only being favored by three. Uh, turns out uh, we were wrong there. So uh, Notre Dame ends up losing uh, by seven to Clemson uh, in Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, this is a weird game. Sam Hart- Hartman finished his career 0-5 against Clemson. So he's 0-4 at Wake Forest, never got it done. Goes up to North Notre Dame, comes back down to, to South Carolina in the ACC, still can't get it done. And honestly, this is the worst he's looked while he's at Notre Dame. He did not look great. Um, didn't look good, especially in the second half. Uh, this was this was one thing that I thought was the story of the game. Second half, they uh, they come out and score two touchdowns pretty quick. It goes 23-31. It looks like they're coming back. They're down by eight. It looks like, hey, if they score again, they're going to go for two. They're going to get it, and this game is just going to be just all over, essentially, because at that point, Clemson was not moving the ball. Um, but what ended up happening is this was their, their remaining starting positions where they started on the field, Boone. Started at their four-yard line, then their seven-yard line, then their 14-yard line. Then their seven yard line, then their six yard line <laughs> didn't have a chance to get out of there, and then they ultimately got the ball back with forty nine seconds on their own twenty two, still not even past twenty five, and uh, ultimately they just couldn't get out of the red zone at that point. Uh, Clemson just kept burying them deep and just basically said, "Go ninety yards, good luck," and they couldn't do it. So ultimately, that's I think that was the story of the game. There is it, it, they just couldn't get out of their own way. Um, all that all that punting that Mac Brown's been talking about the past few weeks, exactly. It's they, in Clemson, South Carolina. Yeah, Mac Brown would have loved that. Um, I, this was a weird like. Did you see old Dabo after the game here? I was about to ask. Uh, have you talked to your options trading financial portfolio holder? Because it's time to buy stock, my man. Buy buy stock. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah. He, he even before that. So got to buy the stock. That's what Pastor Dabo told me. Well, so like we're watching the game, and and once they basically get the ball back and they realize they're going to win, he does. He literally does a Tim Tebow kneels on the ground, puts his his <laughs> he's knee and one knee on the ground, puts his his fist to his forehead, <laughs> starts Tebowing and crying. He's crying. Dabo, Dabo did this. Yeah, 
Hey, T-Bone? Yeah. I missed this. I missed this. Why did nobody send this to me? Hey, T-Bone? Yeah, he was he was kneeling oh. on the ground, weeping uh, over this win before the game ended. And I'm like, that's kind of an odd reaction to this How game. It's like the king has fallen. It's like, oh, you guys are four and four. Okay, you're gonna go five and four. That's good for you. But like, the odd reaction to it was very odd. And then ultimately, they rushed the field after the game. Yeah, also very that. odd. So weird. You beat a Notre Dame team that literally had nothing to play for. Like they they. <laughs> I don't know. It was very odd. It felt like it was like the world versus Tyler, <laughs> and uh, I guess I guess the world won. Uh, in, in at least in Columbus, South Carolina, it was very odd. And then obviously, think like Tyler's you said, a plant now. I think Tyler might be a plant. Just that would a, be it was bulletin board material. Honestly, that sounds insane, but that wouldn't put past Dabo. But yeah, the the buy stock now is absolutely insane to say after premium. You're basically admitting you've just tanked your entire. <laughs> Yeah. Your entire program. This season's been real ass, but you know what? We just turned the ship around. Time to buy stock, baby. Yep. So, anyways, we, we took a we took a loss there. Uh, we also had Mizzou uh, getting 16 points at Georgia, uh, given just way too many points for that game. Ultimately, they win by nine. Georgia, that is mm-hmm. uh, pretty pretty easy cover there. It almost mm-hmm. felt like it wasn't really. It, it, honestly, it was a close game until the very end there. Uh, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Uh, we said this should be a pretty close game, maybe even a pick em. Oklahoma State was getting six points. They actually ended up upsetting Oklahoma at home. This which was a good was a call l- by you. Good research. Yeah. Good research on your part. Called it. Called it there. So upset 24-27. Uh, got the win there as well. Iowa at Northwestern. This was our over-under of the week. Uh, under 31 was the number. It was also 28 we at one point. annihilated that. 10 to 17. This is an ATM at this point. 17 points. It wasn't even really that close to going over. Uh, so it's the meme is becoming more of a meme week by week. Uh, awesome. But it, it, at this point, I feel like they just leaned into it and just were fine with winning winning games by three points uh, and, and scoring 17 total in the game uh, between the two teams. Uh, we had a no take in the next game, Washington at USC. Uh, ultimately, this was a great game back and forth. I think, you know, obviously USC's defense just couldn't get any stops in that, that second half. And Classic. Ultimately, caused them to lose the game um, and fire their, their defensive coordinator uh, after weeks and weeks of uh, Lincoln mm. Riley defending him publicly, saying it's not his fault. Mm. Uh, well, well, something changed between then and now, and uh, now that guy's uh, Grinch is off the roster and uh, moving on. Uh, 13 LSU. <laughs> Not stealing Christmas this year. All right, uh, 13 LSU at 8 Alabama. Uh, we set LSU by three here, uh, t- getting three points, that is. Uh, I think, you know, we, we kind of took one on the chin here, just like Jaden Dalen did this during that second half. Uh, just just After he went out, it was like, this is it. I, the funniest thing is they were so worried about his chin and, like, making sure he didn't need stitches or anything that they just, like, forgot to, like, <laughs> screen him Coach, for concussion. there's a game going on. Shut up! Jaden's chin is busted. <laughs> well, and then, but they put him back out there, and then they were like, "Oh wait, he might have a concussion." <laughs> and then they pulled him out, uh, which was ultimately the right thing to do. Uh, he clearly was was not right, and ultimately, I mean that that's like if you're an LSU critic or if you're a fan of LSU and you're a critic of him as a passer and him as a quarterback, is he takes way too many hits. Like he just does. He just takes dumb hits over and over and over again. Uh, and so ultimately, it's almost like is Kenny last the whole season? Clearly couldn't, um, and ultimately that's. I think that's really why they lost the game because at that point it was it was still a game, and then at that point it was basically this game's over. Let's just run clock and get out of here. Um, so, anyways, that that puts us on four, two, and one on the week for our standard games. 
Uh, but this week we did have the speed round. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll go through the speed round here pretty quickly as well, uh, just like it came. Uh, Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss ends up winning this by three, uh, getting a push here because we had them by three. So ultimately that's a no-take or a, a push for us. Uh, Arkansas at UF. Arkansas ends up winning this game by by three in overtime. Uh, really embarrassing loss for UF and Napier. We'll, we'll touch on that some more, I'm sure. Uh, but we get the win there. Virginia Tech. At Louisville, nine and a half. We said it should be closer to twenty. Uh, ultimately, they win by thirty-one. Yep. Three to thirty-four wasn't a game. Uh, pretty pretty early on, we knew this was going to be a cover. Uh, Penn State at Maryland. Also, pretty early on, we knew this was going to happen. Eight and a half point favorites. Penn State. We took Penn State fifty-one to fifteen. Really ugly loss there for Maryland. They're kind of on a spiral. Kansas at Iowa State. This game was also uh, a great game, but ultimately. Uh, Iowa State was favored here by two and a half. We said Kansas should be favored easily. Uh, end up winning by seven, so that was a pretty good take for us. BYU at West Virginia. Uh, ultimately, BYU is getting ten points. We we thought it should be closer to I think seven. That definitely was not uh, going to happen there. They looked kind of lifeless against West Virginia. Uh, end up losing by 30, 37 to seven. Miami at NC State also an upset here. Slightly uh, four and a half point favorites. NC State uh, was getting four and a half here. Miami was favorites. Uh, end up losing six to twenty, not even that close. Uh, and then we had sixteen Oregon State at Colorado, twenty-four and a half point favorites. Uh, Oregon State was. Uh, I looked at this number several times, and it came down to like fourteen and a half. So I don't know whatever app we were looking at early in the week, but uh, it definitely was a different number. It didn't matter either way, uh, given the points. They end up. It was a pretty close game here, only losing by seven. Oregon State, that is. Uh, so they went up by seven, 26 to 19, Colorado Falls, but covers pretty easily. UCLA at Arizona. Uh, we took Arizona here, given three points. Felt like they might be favored by a few points and end up winning Told by you. 17, 27, 10. Told Nailed you. that one. Uh, I think we're dialed in here a little bit. The speed round was, was very good to us this week. So we were seven, one and one in the speed round. And then ultimately we had the cheeks game, which technically we were right on, but we do have the cheeks reach around in place uh, to protect ourselves. Yep, yep. And uh, ultimately the, the, the protection failed us uh, for did. the first time. Uh, Texas tech ends up winning by seven here, 28 to 35 in that Thursday night game. I honestly felt like TCU looked like a little bit of a better team, but just learned how to lose that game. So yep. uh, Sonny's, Sonny's having some issues. So ultimately, uh, that puts us 11-4-1 on the week, a huge week back Woo! in town. Back in town, boys. Uh, and then ultimately 46-41-4 and four on the season, back positive, easily clear in the clear here. Uh, speed round did us, did us well. Also, we did well in the regular week, so I'm not going to give too much to speed round, but the speed round did do us well this week. <laughs> I love that. No, it's good. I, I enjoyed having feels the extra good, man. Games. Feels good. good. In fact, actually, I'm going to just, you know what we did, guys? Boys are freaking back, baby. We're back on top. That's what we're talking about. That's why we do it. That's why we love the game. Man, that feels good to get that proverbial monkey off my back. Looking like a scrub for a couple of weeks, but now, thanks to the doctor, Senor Papi, we're back on track. That's what I needed. I just needed to go see the doctor. I needed a routine checkup. Yeah, I uh, I think we learned some things too. You want to get into that? I I definitely uh, wanted to do that. So let's go ahead and talk about those beautiful, beautiful things that we have learned. 
The more you learn, the more the you know, more you know, the more you know, you're just, just in, in the know. know. It's the things, things we learn. Things, things we learn. learn. Ooh. Yeah, we're getting better. That was good. That good was harmony. Good, good harmony. That was a good riff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the things we learned. I, I mean, outside of the fact that Arizona is awesome and Iowa is the pinnacle of entertainment. Purely from the betting tables. Just, they're the mountaintop. I would like to specifically call out the CFP committee. What in the hell are we doing? You guys are just handing out poll rankings, no rhyme or reason, like they're deli tickets with no numbers. You're just like, you're the pink one, you're the blue one, and uh, number two, you're up. Who the hell's number two? You didn't give us one. Like, oh, my gosh. Let's get into it. So, CFP rankings come out this week. And number one goes to Ohio State for the second week in a row. That's fine. Don't care. Um, I, I, I Actually, you know what? I think the only thing that's weird about that is, in my opinion, Georgia's won back-to-back years. They haven't lost. Yeah. What are we doing? Also, it's like I could see the argument the week before when they're talking about, like, okay, like they haven't beat anyone. Um, you know, Ohio State has the best resume, and that's why they're in one, if, you, if you're going to say just pure wins. But, like, that was based on a Penn State game, which we still don't really know what Penn State is 100%. We're right. about to find out. But we don't know. They could just be another Notre Dame. Is that Notre Dame win? Doesn't look as good anymore. It really doesn't. So, like, if you're going to say that that Notre Dame win was the reason that their resume was bolstered because it was a close game and they won it, okay, that's fine. But you also have to reevaluate Notre Dame and say, you know what, that Notre Dame team, eh, they're okay, but they're not special. And so you got to reevaluate that. And I think also if we're going to sit here and talk about resume, I think that Georgia win they had this last week against Missouri is just as much, just as good as that Penn State win easily. Well, here's and, my thing. And, and you're right, they're back-to-back champs. So it's like at this point – if you're going to go one week and say resume builder and we're going to go off resume, well, then you need to demote Ohio State based on that Notre Dame team that just got beat by Clemson, who was 4-4. Four and four. Yeah, And then you also need to promote Georgia. That's just straight up how it is. And if we're going to talk about resume, then I think you're about to get into this, but let's talk about Michigan. Well, all right, so yeah, that's exactly what I'm about to say. It's like, all right, let's talk – because what happens after this week? Georgia's going to play Old Miss, which according to the CFP – <laughs> Let me tell you guys, we got them at number nine. Okay. Michigan plays their first ranked opponent all season this weekend. And it's Penn State. Their first at opponent Penn that's State. in the first opponent that's like legitimately in the top fifty. Right. Like did, let that sink in for a second. Now I'm not gonna sit here and like bash Michigan. They have looked good. No, they've killed everyone they played. They, I right. think the most points they let up was like 17, and every other game it's been like 3 and 7. Right. It's the, Look, they're a good team. Yeah. But if you're going to sit here and play this whole resume game, by that logic, Washington should be up in there. Oregon should be up in there. I mean, Michigan needs to take a slide at this point. But, mm-hmm. yeah, to a, to a point, what happens when Georgia beats Ole Miss this weekend, if that happens? In the past two weeks, they've played Mizzou. And then Old Miss, and they won, both of which were top 15 teams. Does Ohio State have that? No. So do you make them number one? Or does that not make any sense because neither team has lost? 
Well, no logic of like, okay, we're doing it off resume, and that's why Ohio State's getting the bump over Michigan and Georgia last week. We don't like. Then why was Florida State four? Because Florida State clearly had a better resume than both those other teams. So it's like you can't. I understand like your top five are going to be your top five, as they're all the five undefeated teams. But like, if we're going to talk resume, and that's that's your argument for putting them at one, well then you need to put Ohio State, Florida State, and Washington in the top three, and those other two teams that are unproven. You put them behind, and then once they are proven, you need to readjust and not just say, "Oh, well, they were one last week, so we're going to leave them there." So I, I don't know; it's 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 I agree. insane. I agree and maybe with you. maybe the logic is, and maybe maybe we're we're overlooking Rutgers here. Maybe that's what it is. Mm. I'm see. I'm glad you brought that up because they they made a comment this weekend, or I'm sorry, not this weekend, yesterday. That uh, you know what? I think I think all of us just need to take a look in the mirror if you're a a college football fan, really ask yourself this question. Do I disrespect the birthplace of college football? Do I disrespect the kings and queens of Piscataway, New Jersey? Do I disrespect Rutgers? Because... Voting last week over, you know, a top 20 defensive team in Rutgers mm. with Ohio State and the big wins they've had including last week over, you know, a top 20 defensive team. Let's hear it again. With Ohio State and the big wins they've had, including last week over, you know, a top 20 defensive team in Rutgers. Look at that. <clears throat> top 20 defense in Rutgers. One of their big wins. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of their big wins. I must be. I must be one idiot to have thought Rutgers is just some middle-of-the-road Big Ten team. How? How silly of me. But LSU got a bump for beating, or I'm sorry, Alabama got a bump for beating LSU, but when Florida State does it, oh, that's that's just preposterous. What a what a silly little win. Also, like, get out of here. Clemson has a top twenty defense, Duke has a top twenty defense. So we're gonna we're gonna say that the top twenty defense is the reason you're gonna bump them. That makes no sense. Also, what about the top twenty, top five offense that Florida State played in LSU? Well, forget but, about that. And it's it's hard for me not to be a homer here, but it's like the Ohio State thing is just ridiculous. And I just it feels there, like every chance the national media gets to guzzle Ohio State, they just like immediately jump on board. Well, here's but, my deal: Texas is number seven, Bama is number eight. Texas, which makes Bama. sense, right? Which, makes but, sense. Yeah, you can't they you can't lost to Oklahoma. Correct. Correct. Who's number seventeen but, behind Kansas yeah, and Oklahoma is, State? Who just beat them? But if they're like, if they, if they have a like, like record, you can't you can't bump one team over the other, especially when they go in into to Texas or Texas went into Alabama and won there convincingly by right. multiple scores. So you can't, and you can say Alabama's better now, and you could argue that, and that's fine. But the games have to matter. You can't just say, like, they've already started creeping in, like, oh, this team, like, they, they, they've been demoting the Florida State win against LSU because that game was so early in the season. Does it matter? Like, well, they still won the game. If, if it doesn't matter, then why are we playing 12-season games or 12-game seasons? You should just play three-game seasons at the end of the season if it doesn't matter. So I just don't understand. It's My thing is, like, I think we're, we're starting to pay a little bit more attention to it because our team is, is – it matters to us. Um, but it, the truth is, is like it's all nonsense until the yeah, end of it's, the year. it's all it's all weirdness, and that's where I feel like you know, look, it, it's funny to me because the argument against the BCS was oh, all these computer algorithms and numbers are stupid. We got to let it pass the eye so, test. 
So what happens here? The, this is the chaos. So this is I'm just going to throw a scenario at you, and you tell me how 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 this plays out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida State goes undefeated. Yep. Uh, Washington goes undefeated. Oregon doesn't get in in the mix. So yep. Washington goes undefeated. Uh, you could even say Washington plays Oregon again in in, in the t- championship, and they beat each other. It, would, it wouldn't really matter for the sake of this argument. Let's just say they go undefeated. Okay. Uh, and then you have let's just say Michigan or Ohio State. One of the two go undefeated. And then go play Iowa and beat them in the Big Ten championship and, and go undefeated. Um, let's just say one of those two. So if all of that happens, you have three undefeated teams. What happens if Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC championship and they're both one loss teams? And and Texas is a one loss team. See, I have seen this scenario. And this, this is and where it gets Oregon. Fun. And Oregon's a one-loss team, yep. and Washington's a one-loss team. Oh, actually, we already said Washington's in. So we'll just say for the sake of argument, those three are undefeated, so we'll leave Washington in there. Uh, and then you have you have a, several one-loss teams that are – what do you do? That's like – I don't know what to do with <laughs> Yeah, But that's – see, that's where I'm getting at a little bit. It's like this is where it gets interesting because obviously the undefeateds are – they're getting in. So you got one spot left. In my personal opinion, Bama won the SEC title. They sh- they should be in. But my argument would be is is the like one did team- Texas win the Big Twelve? Yeah. So at this point, they would be undefeated. Well, so well would- then, all right. Then I think yeah, maybe Texas gets it. You have to put Texas in. That's the that's how that's how because the SEC gets. They won a conference title and they beat the other conference title. And the the worst part is you're punishing. Georgia for making it to their conference championship, or I guess at that point, uh, yeah, yeah, you're punishing them for making it. So it's like, I don't know, it it it, it, it could get really messy, which would could be really interesting. But uh, it usually plays itself out. But that would be, I would love it for this last season to be like just the, a complete mess where really there's like four legitimate teams that could say like, guys, we should be in this. Like it would be fair if we were in. It's kind of true. It's kind of true. But then that's to me like. I don't know. I feel like we always figure this out right before, like something happens where you just like, see, we would have benefited from this. And it's like, yeah, some some dumb. It someone, starts next week. Yeah, or it starts someone, next year. So there's always a team that just loses some dumb game that they don't have any like chance of losing. I mean, it could be FSU. You know, like they could lose to Miami or Florida, um, or or let's just say Louisville. Uh, <laughs> so like that could free up a spot and kind of make it a, a mute point. But yeah, it, it, it's it always works itself out. Yep. So, but yeah, so that's it for the things that I've learned. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, hey, good, good week, good discussion. Always love that. Yeah. There's, there's always things to learn, but obviously uh, we, we got one segment that's hanging around. All right. What do you got for me? Oh, look at that. <laughs> Woo, boy. So this week we got a few, uh, we got a few fun things to talk through. Uh, we've got a few clips we'll throw in there, but we'll throw some clips in for you. But let's let's talk through some things here. Um, first thing, first thing I want to look at is uh, let, let's do this. Let's look at uh, our friend uh, Stallions. Is he is he the scapegoat at Michigan? So I will say, I don't want to talk about this topic at all because it's very just at this point pointless because there's just so much we have to wait on. But I do want to talk about this this one element of it and. It seems like no one at Michigan is apparently knows nothing about anything, has no clue about what's going on at Michigan at all. So much so that some players are opening businesses with Stallions as a co, co, uh, 
co-chaired to their business and them not knowing for multiple years, apparently. So uh, where I'm going at is Blake Corum, uh, running back there at Michigan, uh, is a co-owner of a Wyoming-based company, very odd, with uh, one Connor Stallions. Uh, it says he has come out and said that he is unaware of this reported partnership and that he had no business relationship with Stallions at all. None. Just had no clue. It's this guy that I just happened to work. He works at the place that I go to school and play football. I don't know why he just somehow got my identity and my social security number and just opened a business in Wyoming. Uh, so apparently he's uh, hired an attorney to handle the situation. Okay. That, okay. On this, on his face, that makes sense. Um, but here's the deal. This all happened on the internet and people on the internet love to do research. And very quickly after this was kind of shed to light, uh, of course, it just, you know, some random dude in Wyoming decided to go on wyoming.gov in their business uh, records and found one company called BC2 Housing LLC. Uh, this company was opened. <laughs> initial filing was uh, 3-28-2022. So last year in, uh, in, in uh, March, towards the end of March. Mm. And uh, it has uh, it has one Connor Stallions and our friend here, uh, Blake Corum, as as listed co owners of this business. Uh, mm. So they both they both agreed and signed documents to to start this business. Mm. It's in good standing. I don't know why it's in Wyoming, but it is. And uh, within three weeks of filing this LLC, there was a post on Instagram from Blake Corum saying, "I'm a walking business. I should be an LLC with the hashtag BC." To LLC, so the business name in the in the post three weeks after it was filed. So I would just imagine that those things are related. It seems like the timeline and the uh, the name is very related. But apparently he had no clue about this business and Connor Stallion's involvement. Uh, so, anyways, it, Michigan is just throwing this guy under the bus. They've already fired him. Uh, essentially, I guess he didn't want to. He didn't want to let be let go, uh, and so. He decided to get fired. Um, he'll land on his feet, I'm sure, and find some other company uh, to work for and, and do some some shady business with. Uh, but at the end of the day, like they're just clearly deciding we're just gonna we're just gonna make things up and pretend we know nothing about anything. Uh, which honestly, this is just I feel like this is just the the, the top the, the tip of the iceberg sort of thing. Um, I think we're gonna find out more fun facts like this. But I love it when just. Blatantly just saying, I have no clue. I'm hiring an attorney is uh, the just new defense to everything in in the world uh, of college football, especially when it comes to something like this. I I personally think it's not like, look, I'm with you. I, I, I don't think that we can really have a say in this until all the efficient ev- sufficient evidence comes out. Um, up until that point, it's a lot of he said, she said, slash for just these are findings. You can't really prove it yet. Like, we got to have something that ties you to it. Yeah. And even if then, like, I mean, you and I even talked about this. We're like, to what extent is this illegal? Um, you know, obviously, if it's it's ruining people's seasons and financial standpoint in going to bowl games or playoffs or whatever, yeah, that's a problem. But I think this now becomes very damning. Because you've got players with NIL money opening LLCs with this guy, posting about it. Like, that's pretty tough. Is he like the bag man? Is he the one that's doing stuff behind the scenes that he's not supposed to be doing? Like, is this – that's what I'm saying. I think it's the tip of the iceberg. It's like – Yeah, this this is where it starts to get a little tough. This is where it's like, 
what was that then? Because there's mm-hmm. already some dirty stuff touching this guy, and you're apparently in bed with him business-wise. And like, I don't know. Like, that, that's pretty hard. Like To your point, you signed documents with this man. It's pretty hard to sit there and say, I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think that's the reason why I kind of like noted like this topic's like, it's like boring to talk about and listen to because at this point it's already been talked about like a hundred different times. And it's like, until there's actually an investigation and details come out about it, there's really no opinion for anyone to have on yeah. what, what the punish. I mean, there's like all these people like, Oh, should they miss the playoff? Should Harbaugh be punished? Should it be fine? Should it be? And it's just like, I don't even, I don't know. It's like until there's more information, and unfortunately, uh, any punishment that can be levied is probably going to be on a future team that has nothing to do with these players. Uh, and so Michigan, get it, get it this year while you can, man, because you might, you might run into some problems uh, in the coming years because it's going to be hard to recruit players. If you tell them they're going to have to miss out on a college football playoff uh, in the future, if that's what the punishment comes down Bowl to games or whatever the hell it may be. Yeah. Although I do like the idea that this guy like like, like espionage thought this through so much. What if the, the plan was the whole time, that he was going to throw him on these documents, and he forged his signature because he waited years ago at like some like some event, and he's like, "Oh, Blake, sign this," or he like paid some kid under the table, being like, "Yo, get a signature." Blake signed something, and now he's just like forging it on documents, opening up businesses. Like this truly would just be one hell of hell of a scandal if it went mm-hmm. that way. But I don't know. We'll we'll see how it all plays out. All right, yeah, let's move on. Uh, let's let's uh, get into something else. Oh, look at that. <laughs> let's talk about Caleb Williams and maybe the end of his college <laughs> football career. Um, he probably will still play a few more games. I don't think he's going to just dip out at this point. Uh, maybe maybe not. We'll see. Uh, but let's let's talk a little bit about this timeline that's happened in the last few weeks. Obviously, uh, comes out a few weeks ago that he uh, wanted some equity in the team that drafts him, uh, and then ultimately turns around and. and kind of almost single-handedly loses the game. I believe it was at Notre Dame uh, that week. Uh, And then since then, they've looked horrible. Um, He's been okay, but hasn't been great. Uh, And then just just the way he's handled, just they end up losing this game uh, to Washington. And I think it was kind of the culmination of Lincoln Lincoln Riley, Cale Williams, and like like we said, Alex Grinch uh, realizing this is the end of their season. Uh, and Alex Grinch, obviously, we, we talked about already, but got fired as a defensive coordinator at USC. Uh, but clearly, this was kind of the, the nail in the coffin. There's no more hope for a Pac-12 championship. Uh, really, there's nothing really to play for. I mean, maybe going to the Outback Bowl instead of, like, I don't know, the Bahamas Bowl that's happening to play in Charlotte this year. Um, so, okay. uh, yeah, the, 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 the renovation, they're doing the same renovations in Bahamas. So it's like, hey, man, uh, you want to – Guys, we made it to the Bahamas Bowl. We get to go to the Nassau and hang out with the with oh, the three bowls in Charlotte this year. Let's go. <laughs> well, well, I think it's Charlotte, but it's definitely domestic stateside. Uh, not going to be fun uh, for those that are, that are attending that game. But anyways, I think Caleb Williams, no matter what happens, I think at this point he's probably not playing in the bowl game. So he really has nothing to play for at this point. Uh, not going to win the Heisman. Uh, they're not going to give it to him again, especially if your team's not very good. So uh, he kind of really has nothing to play for other than maybe his draft stock. But apparently he already thinks he deserves equity in a team. So I don't really know what the point is. But my favorite point part is this guy has in the past painted FU, uh, F Utah on his fingernails during games to kind of show that he's a top, tough macho guy 
uh, really talking that ish, if you know what I'm saying. Last year, he quote tweeted LOL on a video of Max uh, Duggan's TCU's QB being really emotional after a loss last year. Uh, ultimately, that, that team did really well, uh, if you don't remember, uh, and made it to the national championship before losing to Georgia. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> this week, uh, ultimate troll, uh, after the game, Kayla Williams uh, goes over to his mom and his parents on the sideline and is hysterically crying, can't hold himself together uh, for, for multiple uh, minutes. And then after the game, uh, talking about the game, he said, I want to go home and cuddle with my dogs and watch some shows. That's how he responded to this loss. Uh, and uh, I don't want to beat him up too much, but at the end of the day, uh, after all the things he said and how tough he's been uh, talking things publicly, uh, my favorite part of the week was Max Max Duggins quote tweeting him uh, a video of him crying with the LOL. So the ultimate troll back at it back at him. Uh, fantastic job, Max. Uh, and also just. I don't know, Caleb. I don't know how you became a villain villain so fast in, in the world of football, but you 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 got there pretty quickly. So uh, I'm enjoying watching your your demise. Uh, hopefully, uh, you have a great, wonderful career in 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 uh, the NFL. But uh, I don't know if I see it. I mean, yeah, yeah. You couldn't have said it better than than myself, really. I I think this whole hype train. Of Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. And ultimately, I think ESPN is to blame a lot. So is Fox at times. They shove this shit down your throat so much that after a while, you're like, come on, man. But it, shut I, up. I can't, I really can't think of a quarterback, uh, a single quarterback or single player that's been promoted and pushed like Caleb Williams has that hasn't won anything. Correct, because like he has won nothing. Nothing. Joe Burrow. I mean, you you could make the case for Lamar, but like Lamar was electric as hell. But he won the Heisman at a at a program that really you would never expect to win the Heisman at with a, a coach that wasn't paid three houses and seven jets to move to USC and like take him. You know what I'm saying? Like there there's expectations at USC because of what their investment is, and yeah. so like. I'm, I, I am going to be more critical of them on not winning, really not even sniffing a win. In, in, they didn't even make it to any championship games. They made it to nothing, not nothing at all. Well, even and, any conference championship they've had, they've lost. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's just the defense. Because at the end of the day, yes, their defense isn't great. But, dude, like he played bad in that Notre Dame game. Like he, he, yeah. he, he threw some interceptions that were questionable, and they lost the game because of that. And honestly, that Notre Dame team's not good. We've already talked about it here, but they're not very good. I just – I think them shoving it down our throats for so long almost wanted you to root. Exactly for the fact that you're saying, like, this guy hasn't done anything. So, like, what are we doing? Like the dick writing's insane right now. Can we? Can we? Can he like prove to me he can do something? And then lo and behold, like he has never been able to beat Utah ever. And then it happened again in the most like gettable Utah team in the past few years. You still couldn't do it. You get beat by Washington. You get beat by Notre Dame. You're hanging in the balance, and like the one time it's at home. You could shock the world. You could get back on top. You could be worth a damn. You lose to Washington, too. And they're about to go get handed one against Oregon. So let's think about that. They lost, well, will lose, five games. 
five. And that's counting out UCLA. UCLA can beat them too. Well, especially if they're on quit. I mean, they they might like legitimately implode. You know you, what? You fire I actually your, your want to pull it coordinator. Up yeah, you fire your defensive coordinator, and it's like okay, all of a sudden, uh, maybe this gives them a little boost. Who knows? We you know we saw Arkansas's offense take a little step up uh, after uh, they let go of their offensive coordinator against uh, before they played Florida this last week. Um, but uh, I feel like more likely you're probably going to just continue to be what you are. Because at the end of the day, like talent's talent, and if you can't cover guys, you can't cover guys. So uh, at some point, someone had someone's head had to roll. It made sense, but son. I, Colorado almost came back. Yeah, that was a game. That was at the end of September. Mm-hmm. To start October. Double, triple overtime. Two-point win over Arizona. Mm-hmm. That might be the strongest win they have this year. Because Zona's looking banging. Lost to Notre Dame. Lost to Utah. Almost lost the cow. Lost to Washington. You close out with Oregon and UCLA. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. Three games. They've lost three games. I don't know where I got five. I had that backwards. But yeah, Notre Dame, Utah, Washington. I, I just wanted to count that zone of wins through that zone of game so bad. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. still, the point remains is like I, I just I don't, they, I don't there know. Is, there is potential there to finish seven and five. Seven and five. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, let's uh, let's move on and let's. Uh, oh, look at, oh, look at that! <laughs> Last one for the week uh, to look at. This one does accompany uh, some sound clips for us. Uh, this is going to be our uh, not so special teams uh, in Gainesville. Uh, so, oh. So if you haven't heard, I know we talked about it on the pod a little bit earlier this year, uh, special teams has been a problem for uh, the University of Florida. And uh, Billy is definitely feeling the heat in uh, a lot of different forums around this. And uh, does not the, – the big story here is like – and I think this is why it's be, become – we'll get into it a little bit, but this is why I think it's become a thing is uh, specifically he does not have a special teams coach on the field. Uh, because he decided to have two offensive line coaches. Uh, and so instead of hiring a special teams coach on the field, he has a game changer coordinator that is an analyst. Uh, so he can't coach on the field. So he can't organize during games on the field to make sure people are in, should make decisions, that sort of thing. Uh, the way that the NCAA is structured, you can only have a certain number of coaches that actually are coaching on game day. Uh, and so that limits their opportunities uh, to uh, to 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 really have some coordination on game days around special teams. If you don't remember that Utah game, they had a, uh, twelve guys on the field at one point, and then they also had uh, a punt where they were getting the ball back during the game when it was a critical part of the game, and they had two of the same number players on the field, so like two number fives, uh, and ultimately that gave them a five yard penalty, and they got a first down from it, Utah, and then they ended up scoring and basically taking taking the game away from them at that point, uh, and so. He bragged about his coaching staff at the beginning of the year, uh, especially when he was hired and brought on. He's been talking about how his his coaching staff is very beefy, and Florida supported that. Uh, have a lot of players and analysts, uh, former players, and a lot of analysts on the team. 
uh, and, and they're spending a lot of money there. So Florida feels like they're investing where they need to be. And then ultimately, like I said, they've had a lot of issues. Uh, and then after losing to Arkansas, uh, some things came up here. And I'll about to play the clip. But before this clip happened, uh, Arkansas, I mean, Billy admitted during during the game, or just kind of on his own talking about it, he said right now they have a player – Specifically, they have one player on their team that's in charge of making sure the special teams players get on the field. So the, the right 11 players get on the field is, God. is a player's responsibility. That player is a walk-on. So let's just say how invested they are in that position for the team. Uh, so he did, he did mention that. I'm not going to play that part of the clip. But here here is uh, Billy on special teams during the postgame. Uh, let's just listen into his response to some of the questions being asked of him here. Billy, the special teams unit has pretty much consistently had issues, whether it's been procedural or otherwise. What can you do this late in the season to help them or fix that? And at the end of the season, do you have to look at changing the operation completely there? Good question. Well, um, it is specifically, what are you talking about? What Sir, are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> that was about as well worded a question as I could. Wow. Okay, wow. let's continue. For a field goal block, uh, the uh, bad snap, and then the procedural penalty uh, running the guys on. He said, "You want me to read off my notes?" <laughs> yeah, I got some. I got some receipts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've got bullet points. She's pretty much. The yeah, I mean, I, I think that. Um, you missed it there because right when Billy stepped in, he says, you know, pretty much all the issues you've had all season. Right, <laughs> right yeah. Like, he's like, you know, pretty much, you know, all of it. <laughs> Billy's like, I don't like where this is going. I had to cut him off real quick. Even though he asked. Also, he's like, like oh, mean, what, what, what do you mean? Also, also, dude, you know, you watched the game. Like, you're not, you asked. This is, you literally were invested in this game for the last four hours of your life. This is your job. And you not go, even that, you go, like, what are you, what are, what are you talking about? What specifically, what are you talking about? It's, he's just so defensive about the special teams issue because he knows he's in the wrong. He knows he's, he's put himself in a tough situation and he can't fix it midseason. So, like, what do you do with it? Anyway, I mean, to, well, no, just to take a page out of Mr. Go 30, like, what's this guy doing on Sunday and Monday? Like, are you serious? They're not sitting there going, all right, let's look at 30 over here. 30, what are you doing? You're wrong. You're off. We got 10 minutes on the field. Like, you're not sitting there doing that every freaking week? Yeah, let's listen to his response here. You know, we had a few young people today that had opportunities. That's what I would say. You know? What? What? Um, <laughs> what? Is, what does that mean? <laughs> We gave some youngsters a chance. <laughs> He's specifically talking about his walk-on freshman that's in charge of getting the guy. Oh! <laughs> this guy came to me day one said, Coach, I don't even want to play on the team. I just want to be a grad assistant. How can I fast-track to that? Why don't All right, you we'll my special teams assistant? I just, it just didn't answer that question. Here, we'll keep going. We also had some great punt returns today. We had some. <laughs> this guy's got the Mac Brown issue. <laughs> what the Oh, Great kickoff returns today. Uh, we covered kicks and punts well today. Um, you know, I think it's him. <laughs> so my favorite is, well. is we did some we did basic things pretty yeah. well. So why are you asking me questions about? Yeah. It's like it's like where's the issue, John? <laughs> it's like honey, I'm, I'm honey. covering them. I'm giving people opportunities. <laughs> honey, stop stop yelling about the fire that's happening in the kitchen. I'm in here trying to fix. I'm trying to fix the mirrors. It's a little foggy on the mirrors in the bathroom. It's like, what are you t- – like, 
bro, you're literally losing games because you're giving possessions away. And they're asking you about it. And you're, one, dismissing the question, acting like they're stupid. And then, two, pointing towards, well, you know, the basic. We, we kicked some balls inbounds today. We got some touchbacks. Pretty good. Pretty good. Important yeah. here. And one of the things that I respect about our team, um, there's a Billy, I, uh, sorry, I keep stopping, but listen, I want to know what you respect about your team. So somehow we ended yeah. up to what – somehow you just decided to talk about what you respect about your team. So let's hear what answer comes out of yeah, this. Yeah, give it to me. Blame to be spread out. you know. And in this game in particular, I think we're going to look back at all parts of our team. Um, every single thing that we do gets evaluated. Right? When we make mistakes that have nothing to do with the opponent – you know, those are the things that we specifically try so to do. So what do you respect? Right? What, so, can you tell me what you respect? There's no when? question what you're talking about. It's part of our process. And ultimately it comes down to doing the, the best you can do for the players. Right? We have a responsibility to do the best we can do for the players. So, the, you know, there are things on offense and defense that we can do well uh, today as well. And so Bro, it's all under evaluation. Um, and I think in particular for me, Billy, what are you talking things that have about? nothing to do with the opponent, those are the things that you need to get fixed. He didn't answer the question. The question he asked himself. What is it? What? So, what, guys, what do I respect about our team? Well, we got, you know, we got stuff on offense we got to work on. We got stuff on defense we got to work on. Yeah, and all that, blame you know, is to be spread out. And, you know, we're going to evaluate it. What are you talking? you just going on. Well, not even that. Like, we're very good self-evaluators. You didn't know what this guy was talking about with your special team issues. Yeah. His biggest problem is, like, he really doesn't know what to do, and he knows that it's a problem. And he's instead of saying, guys, you know what, like, we got to get better at special teams. It, you're right. It's you know, I, it's our, it's it falls on me. I got to make sure we get the right people in place to do it, and we're working on it. That's all you have to say. Like, yeah, I will be reevaluating in the off you're season. Questioning everyone's intelligence by acting like something didn't happen is like insane. It's like these guys do this for a living. They show up and ask you questions, and it's like. <laughs> so oh here's God. the thing. Here's the thing. The reason this is this that was fun, but the reason this is the real reason this is on. Look at this is because two days later, two days after all of this happened, and we've had some time to get away from the game, you know, it, it get kind of lick our wounds a little bit, kind of see what's going on. PR start, team gets in his ear, tells him, correct, "Hey, yeah, what you, the what the was that?" Yeah, hey, like that didn't that didn't sound great. Like let's, you know, let's maybe next time this happens, blah, blah blah, whatever. Two days later, this happens in his press conference during the week. Uh, question comes up, and here's here's an answer. Talking a second ago about special teams, uh, another uh, field goal with only ten guys on the field. How does that keep happening? What player are you talking about specifically? Son, thing is pretty evident. The one where ten guys were on the field. And this is not the first time it's happened. Also, I love how he's like. I, I don't know. We've had multiple of those. I don't know which one. Yeah. About. Let me look into my catalog and you tell me which one it was. Also, it's like, here we go questioning their intelligence again. Okay. It's like, oh, what does he think he's going to get? Like, gotcha? Like, oh, you know what? Actually, I don't think there was any of those, Coach. I'm sorry. I can't point to yeah. anything. I just made that up. Was block. Uh, yeah, uh, Arkansas's 37-yard field goal in the second quarter. So our field goal block team is what you're saying. Yeah. So we had a player injured on the – on the position, the play right before, 
uh, and ultimately that's what contributed to that. Uh, the backup wasn't Ooh. quite on the same page, and uh, that's what happened. Ooh. One of those has an individual explanation, but I think what frustrates fans, I mean, we're getting it, and you're here now, I'm sure, is why yeah. these things keep happening, you know, right. nine games into the season. Right. What, 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 like, somebody says, what the hell's going on? What do we tell right. them? Well, I think it's, I think, um, <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, before we hear his answer, what an excellent these the media is fantastic in Gainesville. They're they, trying they, to mask this so hard. They're help. They're trying to help him. Like they're like uh, like they're just basically like, hey, listen, this is what fans are a little frustrated. We've heard it. We're obviously just asking the question. Like we kind of hear. So what, what would you tell them? Like well, like I'm trying to tee you up. Like what are you gonna tell them? Here's the answer. This is what you said, guys. We're working on it. We're looking at it. It's got to get better. This is he he starts fumbling and this is what he says. Look, we get we can do it better, you know. Okay, it's, it's pretty simple, you know. Yep. Get eleven out there. Yep. Um, pretty simple. <laughs> so who's responsible for that? That's yeah, like, really. Like okay, like so if it's, it's so damn simple, why can you not repetitively do it? Oh man, it's uh, it's it's the gift that keeps on. Like I can't wait till something happens in special teams this next week, and they bring it up in the press conference after the game, and he's like, "I I don't I don't know what you're talking." I didn't see any problems. We we punted well, we covered very well, we made a lot of good tackles. Did you see that throw Mertz had in the third quarter? <laughs> Coach, we're speaking specifically to ten men on the field on their fake field goal that scored a touchdown. Yeah, I can't say I recall that one. Um, I don't think that – are you sure that was this game, Tom? But, and the funny the, – the, the reason I like I, I keep going back to it is, like, the reason he's so like, dismissive of it and the reason he's backed into this corner is because he knows he's wrong and he should have hired a special teams coordinator. And so he can't, just, just keep eating it, dude. Just keep that's eating what I'm You can't say that. I don't, I'm not saying say that because then it just looks dumb. But you, you have to say, it's on me. we got to be better. We're working on it. That's all you say every yeah. single time. We, will, re- we will reassess in the, in the offseason. Yeah. No, literally, yeah. Or you can say, hey, we have, we're looking at it right now. We have some options. We're, it, it should be better this next week. And then yeah. if it's not, it's not. But, like. Yeah. We're, we're actively trying. We will reassess I mean, in the offseason. We're 10 weeks into the season. Like, yeah. And it's still huh. going on. All right, let's uh, let's move on. We can sit we can hit, sit here for hours. Anytime we're talking about rivals, uh, it, it gets a little loose. Oh my lord! All right, well uh, that that goes uh, that does it for the uh, things we're going to look at. So now I think it's time we take we take a dastardly little stroll down that dirt road behind the church, the old church. It's it's been abandoned for years, but it's almost going to be made a historical landmark in town. Mm. And just generations and generations of families are, are burying their young. That's right. You heard the word bury. I'm specifically talking about. The Boneyard. All right. So the Boneyard this week. Uh, got a couple in here that they shocked me. They shocked me. USC props, I guess. I guess you pushed. You got to push. Whoopee! Like, good for you. But apparently that was finally enough for you to go, we should fire Alex Grinch. You know? I think this guy's a problem. 
Teams just cannot stop scoring on us. <laughs> Everybody's like, I mean, did you see this clip of him mid-game? Like, where he's, like, trying to rally the troops. And he's like, come on, defense. Like, lend me your ears. We will – they're all – they all don't give a shit. They are all looking in different directions. Even Lincoln Riley's, like, talking with somebody else. Like, nobody is locked in on Alex Grinch. He is preaching to air. Like, at that point, we all should have known. Nobody respects him because he's ass. And there's a there's a point in the game where like I think Washington had like a, a a touchdown drive, and after after the touchdown they panned to him on the sideline, and he he just has that look of like it's over, like it, it's yeah. like acceptance. The hope is gone. Just looking off in the distance, like okay, well we had a good run, guys. Yeah. I, I flew too close to the sun. I mean heavens. Well, this rolls me into my next one. These. Things were thanging. Hmm. Arkansas, you beat someone. Holy shit. Somebody you should have been able to beat. You did it. And you did it in their place. With 10 men on the field during field goals. Unreal. Way to go. Now, that's about the only thing I'm going to give you all season because you're still in my freaking doghouse. Iowa State, I'm going to say it. They got boned, man. They got boned. They got called out on a touchdown. It was a touchdown. If you go watch this, that man never steps out. Tough. That's just way the cookie crumbles, Campbell. When you fly too close to the sun, when you're out here trying to fight people out in Ohio with your cart, with your garbage self, this is what happens. The football guys the, were not pleased. They're not row the boat. That's that's flag. They're like the same. That's, they're like that's the flag. That's like the same coaches. Yeah, yeah, they're both irrelevant at this Matt point. Matt Campbell's your next door neighbor who lets you borrow his, his uh, lawnmower. Never ask for it back. That's that's this guy, America's sweetheart. But yeah, they he got shows up. He shows up with a new one the next week, and he's like, "Yeah, you're like what neighbor? I went ahead and bought a new one." He's like, you, "I was gonna give you this one back." He's like, "Oh no, it's fine. I was looking at a new one anyways, John." Yeah. Like, you helped take it off my hands. That's all right. <laughs> Like, this thing's not even that old. Like, it's yeah. didn't you just get this one like a month ago? <laughs> yeah. Don't you have a leasing payment on this? <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Hey, you want to come over later and eat some of my food and drink my beer too? That's Matt Campbell. Um, Hang but- out with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> True Midwesterner. <laughs> Tim, Tim, I heard your wife left you a couple a couple years back here. Why don't you share mine? You know, she she's just been looking for something to do since I've been buying all these lawnmowers. <laughs> Get back, get back to the BYU section here. <laughs> All right, cut the crap. It's time to get those strikes. K State, you get a strike. Georgia, you get a strike. UCLA, you get a strike. And Oklahoma. Oh, that's death. That's not even a strike. You are buried. Done. I'm done with your ass. You guys have been clowning ever since Texas. What in the hell is going on? Did you think the season was over? What? What are we doing? We beat Texas. Yeah! Horns down! Season's over! Stop the count! <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
The best part is like you you win that game. You're like, okay, we're going to keep Texas out of the Big Ten championship because we're not going to lose twice. And then you immediately lose twice. <laughs> you gave them the red carpet, man. They don't even got to play their ass at this point. Like, it's just, oh, my gosh. Yeah, they fired that warning shot with that UCF team and barely getting by them. And Yeah, that was the scare. That was like the, hey, better get back on track, friend. They were like, nah, that's all right. We're just gonna, we're just gonna keep partying because you know we beat Texas, yeah. Like, what the, what are you doing? And then you know what? I sent, I sent my little. You, actually, I got to give him the proper intro. I can't. What am I doing? Can't be, can't be doing this. That's right, baby. I sent my guy out on assignment. I called him up. I said, hey, Shane, I got something for you. I need you to go do do me a little dirty deed. And it's going to be cheap because you suck. You're not good at what you do. But damn it, do I trust you to do the dirty deeds. I told him to show up in Baton Rouge because I might have to double tap this freaking zombie, I just I just resurrected, man. I just went, hey, you're in my trust back. It's okay. You'll you'll keep a tight game against Bama. And Lord freaking behold! That's what they were waiting for. They just wanted me to hey, yep. Boone just gave us that stamp of approval. It's time to boon him. <laughs> Unbelievable. What in the hell? Now, I'll. This is touchy because Dallas Turner decided to just ruin the night of fun because he had to uppercut, bust up that chin, which apparently turned the entire LSU coaching staff stupid. Like they just, oh no, Jaden's chin. Coach, we got to run place. I just. Just run the ball, home care. Coach, they've been stuffing it all night. Can't you see my boy is hurt? Like, what the hell, bro? Nussmeyer is not a bad passer, and they just were like, nope, just don't don't even. So at what point do LSU fans start realizing, like, they did what Texas A&M did with Jimbo, and they were like, they did. I think we... I think we overlooked some of the red flags about not getting across the line in big games that Brian had. But that uh, that's where I'm at. Like, Brian Kelly's a good recruiter. Brian Kelly's a decently good coach. Well, what happens when, Jen, when, when you lose this quarterback, what are you going to be? You're just going to be, like, an average SEC team? But my whole thing is, not no, no, not, not average, but we got to stop doing this thing. Like, I see it in the NFL all the time where you almost just want to go, how does this guy keep getting these jobs? Like, what is going on? And Brian Kelly – like, really wooed that Cincinnati team to victory. They went to some, you know, big bowl games. Like, that was crazy for Cincinnati. So the Notre Dame rolls the dice. They're like, all right, we got ourselves, you know, uh, 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 he's familiar with the Midwest. He's from the Northeast. Like, this is our guy. Okay. He didn't ever, like, do anything with Notre Dame. If y'all remember correctly, he actually got – Pounded in the title game by Bama, and then just like kind of never really sniffs. Like they went back to the playoff, right? 
goes back to the playoff, gets blown out again. Like, he can win you those games. It's just once he gets to, like, the biggest of the big stage, he craps the bed. I don't get – like, he doesn't just, like, kind of lose. He really drops the ball. So I don't understand where LSU was like, you know what? I think that guy just needs to change scenery. We need to bring him down here to the south. Yeah, that's what's going to do it. You have a guy in your own backyard right now who arguably I think would probably be a better coach. And if you're not, if you're not going to jump on it, somebody else will. Willie Fritz is a good coach. He has made Tulane good. He is not only – I don't think people understand this. Tulane is a very academically stout school. And he's still getting dudes to go there. Like, they're still – this is like Mike Elko at Duke, which, let's be real, he's not staying there either. Like, James Franklin at Vanderbilt. These are – like, you see, you see where we're going with this? It's just – it's kind of nuts to me that they were just like, yeah, Brian Kelly, he's going to say He's going to save us. Year two, it's not looking that great. Looks like underperformance. So, yeah, I just hmm, – I don't even know what to do with LSU. I'm, I'm so – I think they're dead. I think they're dead. I'm, I'm so bewildered by them. I'm just so <clears throat> so pissed off. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to kill them again. They're done. I sent my Dirty Deeds guy out. I sent him on an assignment. He double-tapped them for me. They're done. I can't do this anymore. All right. So, yep, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and move into this week's slate. But, of course, I can never not enjoy those those wonderful sponsors we have. So we're going to go ahead and kick it out to our sponsors, and then we're going to slide in to week 11. Chicken, 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 Italian spicy bacon, chicken. Take one bite and it all starts clicking. Crown of my day. All right, so we're going to go ahead and kick it off with the Nooners. Yes, sir. Nooners. Bedtime. Rise up. Morning. Football. Michigan and Penn State. Here we are. We've got number three, Michigan, at number 10, Penn State. It is in the happiest of valleys, which I, I know you know it's coming. I, I Look, we got, a, we got a little bit of a downer earlier in the year, but this is the one we've been waiting on. It's home. There's one thing you don't mess with. It's an angry... Penn State fan base, all ready for the wideout. Strength in numbers out there in State College, Pennsylvania. And you better fear playing at 12 o'clock in the afternoon on a bright and shiny Saturday in Midwest. What the hell was Fox doing? This is robbery. We didn't get this as the night game? I don't get that. That's... It's upsetting, to say the least. Yeah, it's uh, tough, because I think it's like 11 a.m. for locally. <laughs> yeah, it, well, no. Maybe. Maybe. I, I think Either actually, way. I think it actually is just noon. Um, but, yeah, well, the Michiganers are getting this at 11, so that, like, that's, that's freaking weird. It's a, good, it's a good break for Michigan, though, because they're going to get a less 
less rowdy crowd than what you'd get it probably at night. Uh, yeah, which is which is tough. So, yeah. but here we go. Um, I want to root for Penn State, but track record has shown uh, James Franklin is just not good in these games. And we even we even saw earlier in the year. You may have had the right game plan, but Aller was trash. Yeah. And I'm I don't know. I think th- th- this is good though cuz I really think we finally get to know how good Michigan is. I really do think their their defense is good. So you're going to see a very similar game uh to Ohio State. Um but here's the thing. I think if this gets above 6 Michigan's got it. They're just going to stranglehold these bad boys. I don't really see Penn State is much of a like clawback team, especially against uh, Michigan in that defense. Uh, Aller has to be better here. Yeah, he has to be better. Yeah, he he had a bull average game. Stinker. Yeah, stinky against Ohio State. I mean, just horrendous. I feel like too they like they what their fatal flaw was going into that game was they didn't ask him to do a whole lot going into it and so when the lights came on and he had to make plays down the field and throw the ball outside of you know the the underneath stuff he just there wasn't a lot of confidence there and it's just you could have taken advantage of these teams that you're blowing out and really give them a chance to to show that and work on some of that and they just decided for whatever reason not to and uh I whatever James Franklin you know it's your team coach them how you want but I think it ultimately caused him some issues. So maybe I think maybe he's going to look a little better in this game. However, uh, I think I agree. I think Michigan's defense may be a little bit more of a formidable force than uh, what Ohio State was putting out there. And I think, honestly, the true thing, like the big battle of the game is going to be Michigan's offense versus Penn State's defense. I think both of those are very, very elite levels in terms of offensive and defensive efficiencies. That battle is going to be very interesting because – Penn State quietly has a like one of the top defenses in the country. They do. Uh, they, they, and, that's what I'm saying. Like those elite defenses, three of them reside in the Big Ten East. Yeah, and honestly, I, like if you look at their offensive or defensive efficiency metrics, Penn State has the number one defense in the country against the rush. And so, obviously, Michigan has been able to run the ball against a lot of teams they play. But like we said, earlier, they force they, JJ to throw. They they literally haven't played anyone, so my guess would be is they're going to at least take away some of that, and they're not going to run for 300 yards against Penn State, uh, and they're going to force them to be somewhat one-dimensional. And the question is, like, is J.J. going to be able to show that he can play and pass the ball around against real defenses? We don't know. That's the thing. Is Like, the real defenses they played last year, they didn't really show that. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean – and TCU wasn't even a real defense. We're going to so. get a lot of these questions answered, man. And I really think it would be a good time yeah. for for James Franklin and Penn State to, uh, you know, get their act together. Because up to this point. Stinky. It's, it's been Aller's performance against Ohio it's State. Stinky. His record against both teams. It's stinky. It's just, uh, what, what, what do you want me to say? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, for James Franklin, I can just, I don't know, like, I'm not even a Penn State fan, but I can just kind of, like, feel it, like, teetering. If you lose to Ohio State and Michigan again, 
I mean, like, yeah, he's doing well, but you're Penn State. This ain't yeah. it. Like, you're not just going to sign up every year for, well, boys, I think we're going to go 10-2. and two. Mm. It's going to be awesome. Like, you can't recruit that. You can't pitch that. Hey, man, you want to go 10-2? and two? Never go to a conference championship. Maybe play in the New Year's Six and go go to the draft. Get drafted. Doesn't that sound like banging fun? No. No, it doesn't. So they eventually will fire him. And I think, I don't know, you win three out of 17. That I mean, look, will you just make that three out of 18? You might as well just see you later, son. Uh, all right. So, yeah, with all that being said, I have Michigan at six and a half. I love that. I love that. I I'm, I actually have exactly the exact same number uh, on my side for, for six Ooh. and a half. Ooh, buddy, that calls for. Let me get her pulled up. I, I was it. So we're we're right there together right now. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I agree. I think I, I think I'm kind of like with with you. Is like I want to pick Penn State. I think we talked about them highly at the beginning of the season, but at the same time, it's like I'm not gonna bet against. I. What you would have to do to pick Penn State is you'd have to say, one, Penn State, that, that game against Ohio State, I think Aller just wasn't on his game and that's not going to happen again. And then, two, you're going to have to say that Michigan is actually – they've just been very fortunate with other schedules, been really easy, and they've taken advantage of that. And I, I don't want to bank on both of those, so I think – a good solid seven points or six and a half in this case uh, is the right number. So if we look at Vegas, uh, Penn State is uh, underdogs here at home, but only four and a half. So we're on Michigan side. <laughs> yeah, we're, I think that's the appropriate ride. Look, I'd love to be wrong here. And though I think like, yeah, you play enough trash teams, you get to kind of work out the kinks. But something we'll touch on later with some other teams, I really do think you need those those tough ones, you got to grit it out, and you got to deal with some some injuries in the tough ones. You got to deal with adversity, just so you know what you're made of, what you can lean back on. You know, you, you find out maybe something new about yourself. And to their credit, they're still built good. They've done it over the past two seasons, but I think there still is that question lingering for all of us: Is Michigan actually that good? Is this season like are the are they the juggernaut? And I think. All of those worries and wonders and questions and concerns, they all uh, get to go by the wayside this weekend if they just march in and take care of business. Now, if they don't, if they they sit here and, you know, screw around and win a close one or, hell, even lose, mm, I think you see that, that whole Stallions thing start to ramp up. Because. Yeah, if they lose, it's going to get interesting quick in, in the Big Ten. So, yeah, because then Pitt State could could actually Penn State's have a back in to, it. Yeah, yeah, they would need Ohio State to to beat Michigan or, or to lose to Michigan, but uh, yeah. it would be very interesting to have a three way tie at the top and see what happens there. That would be nuts. So, all right, well, yeah, that's really only our our only uh, noon game of of merit. So we're going to go ahead and oh. Move into those afternoon delays. Hey, buddy, you had a tough morning. Probably woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Had to go take out the trash. Your kids got a game. 
Life made you do too many chores. Maybe you would cut the grass. But now, it's the afternoon delight. Let's go ahead and kick back in that chair. But, but what says you, Jared? What are you doing on this afternoon delight? How would you kick back? Looking for that cherry pie put on the windowsill. Yeah, let the neighborhood know this is this is how you get down in your house. It is nothing but homey vibes, nice beard, and the cleanest football these eyes have ever seen. So we're going to go ahead and get started with our afternoon delights with, uh, <laughs> we got Miami at number four, Florida State, and mm, buddy, I have been waiting for this one. I'm going to go ahead and put on just some some sneaky little music. That's what I want. Some sneaky music for this stuff. Yeah. Here we go. I've been waiting all year for this one, baby. I thought we were going to be getting a doozy back in September. And then October came. And it's no longer hurricane season. Hmm. FSU has now shown they can win as a team. Won't always look good. Won't always be perfect. Won't always be pretty. But they can win. And Miami is lacking hell of confidence on offense right now. Uh, look, Miami's defense is good. They're they're good. Whatever anybody tells you, they they're they're statistically and even passing the eye test, they're a good defense. They will. They got a good. They beefed up that line of scrimmage like we talked about earlier in the year. O line's good. D line's good. I just it's it's everywhere else after that. Really, I mean, they're the wide receivers are not anything like terribly special. Uh, the running backs are good, uh, and that's they like to lean on that. They like to be a running team, um, which is classic crystal ball. But I mean, unless prime. Van Dyke trots out there on Saturday. I don't see this being much of a game. Like, it's still a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. It's it, They're still going to give us their best shot. But if that boy comes out and starts seeing ghosts again, and they got to start playing the quarterback carousel, good night. Yeah. So... I have Florida State at 11 and a half because I still think it's a rivalry. These things always play close. Yeah, that's my word. And my thing is, too, is like I felt that last year, but then obviously we know how that game went. So that's the tricky part is like I agree. I almost feel like rivalries always play a little closer. Hell, especially in the state of Florida. 13 and a half, really. Yeah. I, I will say Miami's offense, they started the season really well. I mean, they've had that Texas A&M game, looked really well against the, you know, five-star talent that was on that side of the ball. Uh, played really well, and you're like, okay, is Miami back? Maybe. Maybe they're at least climbing to that point. Uh, but since then, they've had some struggles. I think we talked about it the other week, but, like, the, Tyler Van Dyke clearly hurt, has been wearing braces, doesn't look healthy. Any chance that he's going to get sacked, he goes down immediately. Uh Crystal Ball's, for some reason, deciding to tell everyone he's not hurt. And the media in Miami is like, hey, man, you want to tell us anything about what's going on with him? Like, maybe it might help him in the future saying, like, hey, yeah, he's playing through some injuries, but, like, we're working on it sort of thing. But, no, he's he's good, 100% ready to go. Uh, anyone that watches football know that's not true. He's clearly just avoiding hits, avoiding taking sacks. I mean, he's just going down easily. Um 
since then they've just been horrible on offense, like just statistically horrible. I mean, obviously uh, last week against North Carolina State looked like, I mean, literally it looked like you could have put Vanderbilt's offense out there and <laughs> it would have been similar in results. So uh, FSU, uh, their thing is like they, they have a good defense and, and being on the road in Tallahassee, the way Dope Campbell is playing right now is, is a challenge. We saw that with uh, Duke. They really weren't able to move the ball. They only scored some points off of uh, some short fields and uh, a pick six. But ultimately, that offense literally only had like 120 yards and didn't move the ball really at all uh, against Florida State. So, um, you know, I know it's Duke, but I think Miami's playing to that level right now with, with an injury. Uh, so I don't think that they're going to come in here. Uh, I, th- I think the big question is, is, is Van Dyke or, or Emory Williams going to play? So Emory Williams, a freshman coming in that they're somewhat excited about, but not, you know, he, he had a chance and he did play against Clemson and they won that game. Uh, they really yeah, didn't ask but, him a whole lot to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. They didn't ask him to do much. Uh, that was more of their defense shutting down the Clemson offense and not being able to move the ball to win that game. But my thing is like, I, I don't really know who they're going to play. If I was them, I would start freshman Emory Williams if, if, if it was me because – I might play Ja'Curry. Honestly, I'd do anything other than put Van Dyke out there because you can't win with that. Like, you're just going to get him hurt. There's no point. You can't win with that. It's not going to happen. They're saying he's going to trot out there. I promise you, son, if he trots out there on the first few series and I'm full – look, I do not promote this at all. I'm just saying if I'm fuller and I see that, I'll be like, hmm. They wanted this boy to get buried tonight. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm just going to send the defense. What well, like, I mean, the thing is, like, maybe you don't, maybe don't hurt him. Keep him in because he clearly can't be. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, keep him off him spot, but like he, I mean, yeah, it's it's a challenge. So I mean, he's sacking himself. Well, he's, you know, how, yeah, you know how I felt about Riley Leonard against Duke. I, like, I thought he wasn't going to play, and he clearly did. So I, I can't. I'm not going to predict one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but the problem with Miami right now is like you look at that pit game, you're like, okay, well, Florida State might might be kind of gettable. They're getting healthy, and it's not just the two wide receivers. And that's the big talking point is their top two wide receivers being out. But it looks like they're going to be back this week. Um, you know, it, it, is it, but it's also a lot of other positions along the offensive line. They've been waiting to get some guys back that are kind of like we got through the Wake Forest and Pitt game where they were somewhat available, but they really had limited snap counts and. You know, all of a sudden you look you look up and there's five new starters on all Florida State's offense that was already putting up numbers. Good luck, you know. Even if even if you are a, a above average off or defense, so um, yeah, this this that's that's going to be the big problem. And I like I said, I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball. I I wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden this game's twenty four three at half, and then all of a sudden it turns into something just insane. Um, see, the way I see it is. It's probably close going into half, much like many of the games have been for Florida State. So let's call it 17-10. Yeah. And then and, going into the second second half, it has yeah. potential to have its doors blown off. And I see yeah. it being a little a little 35-17, 38-17 mm-hmm. action. Yeah. No, I agree. So, I, I mean, I think Florida State this year, like a good comp is like the Georgia team. And obviously it's a little different playing the ACC, but like – Florida State's secondary, like there's their second teamers that are coming in and getting a lot of snaps in the second half and also just allowing us to stay fresh. That's been the difference. Every, I mean, they're killing everyone in the second half. It's like, oh, these games are kind of close. And then the fourth quarter rolls around and they just stomp on everyone's neck. And 
it just yeah. turns into a, a bloodbath. And I think part of that is just you have deep talent and you're running and the other team just gets exhausted. So uh, I think Miami has some talent, but it's not deep. And so uh, I was going to say Florida State 19 and a half here, uh, blowing them out at home. Okay. So I could even say 13 and a half. So we'll put this at somewhere around, what, 16 and a half? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so right now, Florida State is favored by 14 and a half points at home. Yeah, we might as well just take that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's wild. And they got all those recruits there. Damn, I mean, out of, for my own selfish reasons, I want that to be the case, but we'll see. Majority of the time, those those rivalry games never play out that way. And last year was an anomaly. Oh, that was I- insane. I agree. I agree. I, and the thing is, honestly, if Van Dyke wasn't hurt, I would think this is going to be a lot closer because I think they could stay and hang like for a little while. But they could have last year more so than I would say this year. But yeah, you know. but well, Van Dyke was hurt last year too. I don't know if you remember they pulled. Him I, I, I do, and that's where so. it was kind of like. Nah. But all right, cool. So uh, we're going to go ahead and move over to the next game, which. Baby, back in the city of grunge. Back to back weeks, we thought maybe this would be a problem for them, but not that badass back there, the slinger, Mr. Michael Penix. We got 18 Utah at number five, Washington in Seattle. And uh, I gotta be honest with you, I think if Cam Rising was playing, uh, this would be one. Hell of a game, especially coming off that USC like close win. Let's call it what it is. It was a close win. You got to turn around and get back up for Utah, but you know they don't have them. They're not getting it back. They haven't been all too impressive without them. So, pretty much think that uh, the Washington wins in the bag. Now I might jinx them here, but I think it's in the bag. Let's just be real. So let's play. How could Utah win if the stars align? Oh, I like that. I like uh, the game. <laughs> so here's here's my stratego way that Utah wins. Uh, their defense would have to get at least three to five stops in the game, at least. I'm erring more on the side of maybe five, but. I just don't think that's going to happen. Which is, I mean, it is doable because they do have a good defense, and we've seen Penix struggle. Like, there's been he's gone games where he has not scored a touchdown, right? And their team did not score multiple touchdowns. Uh, that Arizona game, I think they had two defensive touchdowns or a special team. Like it was, they were in that there, game. That there has been time, but that's just it. Like the games yeah. that they get stuck in are the ones where they're struggling on offense because they're getting frustrated. And Utah has that chance to to frustrate them. But here's the deal. You got to go turn that into something. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Utah can have more than two to three empty possessions. You got to get somewhere down the field and, and get in field goal range if you're not going to at least score a touchdown. Now, here's, here's my caveat to that. You can have some empty possessions if you're punting and putting them inside the tent. Yeah, which they do. They they play that game really well, and they're a right. well coached team. Um, my thing too is like the the one thing I their offense is bad. I, I will say that I, it's not great. 
Yeah, and so their defense is very good. Um, and so that's that's the tricky part is is what do you do with that? And I think the one thing Utah does have a chance here doing is they actually like throwing the ball and they're actually pretty good at running the ball despite not having a, a quarterback that can really threaten and make you you know multi-dimensional in the air. Um, and so they still – teams know that they're not going to try and throw the ball 40 times a game. And despite that, they're still able to run the ball pretty pretty effectively against those teams, which is a, is a good sign for Utah. Um, and then that's the one thing that if we're going to talk about the defense on Washington side of the ball is that's something they struggled with. And so can they do the whole, like, I'm just going to run the ball a lot, run a lot of clock, get maybe a few first downs, punt the ball, get them down inside the, you know, inside their 10, limit possessions, keep the game close. And then all of a sudden you're talking, okay, do we, do we hit a big play late in the game to go ahead or, or, or bring us close? So, um, buddy, you gotta I, get it. You I, gotta get out of my notes. I think. I think. Yeah, when we're talking about the way to get to the, I the way we're gonna get there. ground and pound that bad boy to the end zone. Work mm-hmm. the clock. Limit possessions. Don't get behind more than seven. And I think they're they're so like you can sit here and say that about a lot of teams, but I do think they're well coached, and I think that's what they're gonna try and come out and do. Um, because you can sit here and say that about like Miami. You can sit there and say that about any of these other teams. You still like, have to execute. Correct. You have to execute, but you also have to be smart enough to actually try and do that. Some yeah. teams like accidentally fall into it, but like I think Utah's smart enough to know like, hey, we can't let Penix throw the ball sixty times because he's going to throw the ball down the field twenty times, and if he hits on literally three percent of those, or you know, three out of those twenty, they're going to go up twenty one points, and we're not going to cover. Like we're not going to catch them, and so we cannot let him run seventy five plays. Like that's just not going to happen. Um, and so limit possessions and make this game close. Uh, I 100% agree with. I think Utah's smart enough to do that. I still think Washington will, will eke out a win here. So I was going to say Washington uh, by four here. Oh, <laughs> I said Utah by 13. Okay. I, I really thought this is going to get ugly. Okay. So we're somewhere in the middle there. Uh, 13 and four. What's that put us at? Like uh, eight. Right around, yeah, right around that eight, eight and a half. Um, okay. So if we look at this Vegas here, Washington's uh, favored by nine and a half. So we're pretty close uh, on that number there. I don't, I think this might be a no take for us. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I think yeah, we're, we're, we're both on one side of it here uh, pretty convincingly. I do honestly like, I'm not predicting this, but I wouldn't be shocked if we're sitting here talking next week about like Utah ups, pull, pull, yeah. pulled the upset because Washington's like, They've been on both sides of it where they they're flirting out, with it a little bit, but they also flirt with the the loss, and so I I don't I don't know. Um, we'll see. I think Utah could have a surprise in them, but we'll you know we'll 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 we'll, we'll push that one for for another time. All right, perfect. Well, we're gonna go ahead and move into the next delightful game that we have that day. Which why don't we take it on down to a place that a lot of us forget about sometimes. That's right. That was Chingy. Throwback to Chingy, my guy. Which he came from St. Louis, Missouri. We're talking about number 13, Tennessee, at number 14, Mizzou. And I think this might be the sneaky best game of the day. I really do. 
Tennessee has fought their way back into relevancy, okay? Out the gate, they fumbled that one against Florida, which, God, every week that passes, what a black eye. Like, if I'm hypo, I have to just be like, what was I smoking that week? Why did I go out the night before the game? What was so enticing about Gainesville that it was just Gaines Vegas up in my face? I mean, just just horrible. The Bama yeah. loss doesn't look so bad now. I mean, you know, Bama's yeah, they, they, good. I mean, they panicked against Florida, like, and we we knew it. And yeah, yeah it's just we only relive it. But yeah, but they, they got to get past the good Mizzou team, my man. These guys made it a date with Georgia. I mean, what a game! And they almost they almost performed what we said. Don't get terribly behind. Get back out in front. Make Georgia work for it. Uh, it could have could have had it towards the end there, but they uh, they just simply could not execute. Georgia's been there before; they had not. But Tennessee, if you want premier television, all eyes to be on you, you got to beat Mizzou. You got to beat them. Yeah, because that sets up with you and Georgia. You being the only thing that gets in their way. And yep. it could cause havoc. I mean, this ain't just the SEC watching. It's the ACC. It's the Big Ten. It's the Big 12. It's the Pac-12. Like, everyone would watch that game thinking, come on, Tennessee, do this thing. But, again, it's in Columbia. It's in Missouri. It's a tough, tough team you got to play. I have Tennessee by two and a half. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Missouri, like, coming off that tough – Tough loss against Georgia. I think this might be like a wind out of their sales sort of situation where it's like, you know, we that was the that was the game. Like if you could if you could turn this into a magical season, that was it. And so do you come home and, and your fans are, you know, they're there to support you, but they're a little, you know, underwhelmed, uh, kind of we're we're not as rowdy because we don't have as much to play for. Uh I think I think Tennessee has learned some things over the season. I think they realize what their quarterback is and it's not elite. Uh, and so they're not trying to put that on them. I think they thought he was just going to run and pass all over Florida. Clearly that's not what happened. Uh, they learned they can run the ball and control games, which I think is what they're going to need to do here. And so at the end of the day, I think, I think Mizzou could come out a little flat and Tennessee could just kind of jump in front early and just keep an arm's length and control the game. Kind of like what we were talking about uh, in that yeah. last game and just kind of can you run the ball, maybe control some clock on the road, get in T- there. Tennessee will win there. this if their running game is efficient. Which I think it can be, and I think we, they yeah. know they can be. So uh, I was going to say Tennessee uh, should be favored by three here on the road. Okay, yeah, so we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty damn lockstep with each pretty other. Two and a half here. to three. And they're favored by one on the road here. Uh, so I guess we're riding Tennessee there, my guy. We are. We are. It's going to be a tight one, but it's basically a pick em essentially at this point. But, yeah, yeah. we're going to ride, ride with Tennessee here on the road. That's going to be a fun one. I like, I like. you know, I think we should start start doing those. Just, just, just pick one. Just let it be fun. See what we got. But, all right, cool. Well, um, great, great stuff there. Let's move on to the next one. No oh, man. Oh, God. It hurts more and more every week. Every time they win, I just, I can't believe they did my boy like that. Sad Boy March continues. My, my guy Brian Ferentz is, is on his way out. Thus, 
every Saturday what we look forward to. I'm with you, Hawkeye fans. This, you know, at one point it was it was pissing me off. Then I eventually I just learned to embrace it. I took it in. I said, be a part of me. I want to be a part of you. I want to be in you. And now it's just just electric football. How can we win with no offense? And now they stripped it away from us. So, with that being said, we're back again. Week two. They got to play Rutgers, baby, in Iowa City. You know what that means? We're not going to disrespect Rutgers. We learned last week this is a top 20 defense. That's a quality win for Ohio State. Yes, sir. It's time for the bet of the season. We're going to slap the under again. Come on, baby. Both can run the ball. This will be low scoring and quick to end. Shoot it directly into my veins. The under Rutgers at Iowa. This has probably become my favorite segment that we have now. Iowa, you, 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 you just you made it so beautiful last week. We gave you the expectation of 31. Hell, it went down to 29 and a half. I, I still remember. I had that. I, I played that. And what did you guys do? You went boom, 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 boom. Thank you for your faith in us. The football gods are happy. They love, they love how you're piping up our guy, Brian Ferentz, here. So we're going to do you a solid. We're going to beat these boys out there by the lake. 10 to 7. I mean. Fantastic. God, could have cut the thing in half and I might have still won. Just incredible stuff. Now, we're going to, we're probably going to be dealing with a little bit more of one that's going to be making me nervous because, I mean, as you heard from Mr. Boo Corrigan. Good team. I mean, this is a good team. A quality team. Resume builder. Ohio State. Iowa, get your resume builder in. Yeah, get your resume builder, Iowa. Let, you let too people, could be in the top ten. Let people recognize that it's not a joke that you're going to the Big Ten Championship. No, sir. You win against the mighty, daunting Rutgers, and this this is earned. You guys will be the kings of the Big Ten West. I, I, I just – I've learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson. And so, uh, you know, while we're already on that topic – I think it's time that we, we we revisit a few things. I think we should take it to a trusted source here. I mean, why not go boots on the ground to somebody who's been there, somebody who understands what it's like to go through the rigor of having to play the birthplace of college football, okay? I think we need to send this directly to Kirk Ferentz himself, let him know exactly what's going on. Hey, what was it like to play that Rutgers team? How would you describe them? Toughness. Toughness, that's it. Physicality, cross the board, finish it off, having guts. You know, like I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. I would, too. I would, too. I'd like to know what Lou Holtz thinks of Rutgers. Because I know what Ryan Day thinks of Rutgers, and that's toughness. I know what the CFP thinks of Rutgers, that's toughness. So, Iowa, you better pack it in, man. I need you to hit this under like I needed rent yesterday, okay? We need this to happen. Come on, don't let me down. I'm, I'm riding this out. Prime time. Slapping the unders. Come on, baby. Yeah, so we're taking the under here regardless. I was actually going to say my my, my under, over-under line, if I was setting the line, would be 28. Mm. Do you know what the line is in this game? Is it 34? 28 and a half. It is- no, it's even lower than last week? Dude, That they're just testing the waters at this point. They're like, how low could we go? They're playing limbo with Iowa. How low could we go? 
Are they going to screw us? I don't think they are. Vegas is having restored faith in Iowa. They they know exactly how to play this one. I love it. Just Also, just as a side note, <laughs> Rutgers uh, earlier this season beat Michigan State 24-7. to That's the good Rutgers that we're talking about. Just FYI, just throwing that out there. Yeah, because they're nothing to mess with. So. Yeah, I'm a little. I, 28 seems like Vegas is like I'm tired of getting robbed. Let's just put this in the line. Yeah, let's let's really up. make this like. Do you want to take it? Do but, you? <laughs> I, it, it would be fantastic if it still hit. So I, I'm finally rolling with it. It's just it's at this point you just got to ride with it until it doesn't hit. All right, so that's gonna go ahead and move us over into the prime time games. Oh, yes, sir. You're looking live at Athens, Georgia. Welcome to Sanford Stadium, where we've got the number nine Old Miss Rebels against your number two Georgia Bulldogs. Man, what a time, huh? This game it has so much potential to be a massive CFP spoiler. I mean, Ole Miss, you are sitting in primed and ready position. We mentioned this at the beginning of the season. We've kind of been mentioning it throughout the season. Does Lane Train have it in him? Is this finally the time that he's getting over the hump? He dropped the ball against Bama. He did. What a what a missed opportunity. But, man, he's been making it happen since. And that offense is clicking. They got a hell of offense. UGA has good defense, but it's not as dominant as it has been, okay? Now, they've been getting stronger and stronger throughout the the season. Georgia's been figuring themselves out. Uh, Kind of finally feels like Carson Beck has, you know, decided to be like, oh, this is my role. I'm a baller. And the running game is really starting to take off, which is great. But that defense, man, it's just, you know, like Mizzou's kind of hanging around. And I do believe Ole Miss has a better offense than Mizzou does. Um so we, we just got to see what Georgia team shows up. Is it going to be the team that's just going to come out there, flex the muscle, give a damn, see the threat, and shut Ole Miss down, kind of like how Bama did? Or are we going to play with our food for a little bit and then try to flex the muscle? But it's too late. It's too late. The, the, the Ole Miss is already in there. So if Ole Miss can – if they're going to win, they need to get out to an early lead and just – Foot on the pedal. Full gas. I mean, make UGA chase you. Because if they get out in front of you, yeah, that don't, that don't look good. So I have Georgia at five and a half. Yeah, I think I think as much as Ole Miss, I know they're ranked ninth. I think they're overrated. I mean, at the end of the day, they haven't really beat anyone. I know they beat Tulane. Early in the season, that was when Tulane was missing their quarterback. So I'm not going to yeah, give them. I was about to say, put some respect on old Willie Fritz down there. Yeah, but they were missing their starting quarterback. Like it was a surprise, like last minute scratch. So I remember we we talked about that game, and it was kind of a shocker. Uh, and then they lost by 14 to Alabama. It wasn't really competitive, and that was shortly after Alabama lost to Texas. So that was still early in the season when they're trying to figure out their quarterback. And then that LSU team has proven to be good, but not super special. Um, and they won in a shootout there, barely got by them, and then barely got by Arkansas. That was before Arkansas uh, fired their offensive coordinator. Uh, and then Barely proved to be the issue. Haven't really looked good against anyone else, and then barely squeaked by that Texas A&M team that's been 
not good at all. Um, so my thing is like, they haven't really shown me anything that, that, that tells me they're any good at all. Uh, so at this point, yeah, you, you, you are sitting there, whatever, uh, eight and one or seven and one. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I just don't see it. So, uh, I think, I think, like you said, Georgia's not invincible at this point, but I think they have enough depth to just overcome teams and just overwhelm them late in games. They've shown that in almost every game. We're like, oh, this is a close game. We might cover. And then all of a sudden, they just blow them out in the end. Um, 16 points was too much last week. I, I, I think that would be way too much this week as well. So, I just don't think it's a good matchup for Ole Miss. Uh, I think the things that Georgia do well actually are pass. They pass the ball pretty efficiently. Yeah. Um, they don't pass it a lot, but when they do, it's efficient. Um, yeah. And then they also defend the pass really well. That's one of their skill sets. Uh, do we have a defense. timeline on when Bowers is coming back? I don't. I don't know. I think the thought is he'll be back by like the playoffs, but that's. I think they were giving him plenty of time. He might be back by Alabama uh, late in the year uh, when they play the, the the SEC championship, but. I don't think he's supposed to be back this week. Um, okay. And I don't think it really matters, to be honest. I think it, it would help. No, some. I think I'm, I'm just kind of looking square in the eye like they got this and then Tennessee, and yeah. then after that, I, you don't here, really need them for yeah. Tech. I mean, ultimately, I'm just not sold on Ole Miss. They, haven't, they just haven't shown it yet. They haven't proven yeah. it at all, and I think – I mean, hell, they played a tight one with A&M last week. Yeah, yeah, and I think – But they I beat LSU. Think, yeah, they just don't they, they just don't match up well. But LSU's defense is terrible. I mean, that was fifty five to forty nine. Like, it yeah. was it was it was basically who had the ball last is what that game was. Uh, and so you know they're they they just don't match up well with Georgia. To be honest, like it's just not a good matchup. So all that said, I, I think Georgia's just a much 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 better coach. Texas A and M. Like they both have very good talent, uh, but Georgia's really well coached. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Georgia by ten here. Wow. Okay. So, All right. So a lot of that, a lot of that has less to do with Georgia and more to do with I think Ole Miss is overrated and they just haven't had to prove it yet. So, um, but yeah, if I pull up this score here, that puts us up. at like seven and a half, eight. Yeah. Uh, so I honestly, I'm spot on the number here. Georgia favored by ten and a half. Ooh. So we're under it. I uh, I. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable touching this. I don't know, man, because every time that they put Georgia in double digits, you know what? Maybe I should be giving I should should be giving them more strikes now that I think about it. Every time that they give these guys double digits, they don't cover. It is a lot of points, but I just like I said, I just no. I, I, I the I matchup is saying, not good. Yeah, the matchup's not there. And Georgia's starting to get to that point in the season where it's like, all right, we got to prove ourselves. Like, I don't know, it, a ten and a half, I might be willing to take Ole Miss. We won't, we won't. But I'm telling you right now, let's let let's let it marinate. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll put it down. Yeah, we might, we might as, change, we might change that. I don't know. I got, I got to feel more, feel that one out more. But yeah, I just like any time I feel like a double digit. You know, spread gets tossed out there for Georgia. And, and I mean, look, this is the number nine team now. They ain't that garbage. Like, I get what you're saying. But my but point is, they shouldn't be number nine. And they, and, I get and it. They, but like, Mizzou, dog, like, Mizzou even closed that gap. But I think Mizzou would, would be Ole Miss tomorrow if you had asked. If you just, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't know. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Ole Miss I, hasn't proven anything to me. And I just, I, yeah. 
I just think and Kirby's gonna whoop that ass if he has a chance because well that's what I'm uh, he doesn't he doesn't like Lane <laughs> because Lane's an ass yeah well, well 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 that's where I think a lot of this comes to Lane what do you got in your bag of tricks because you kind of already you know crapped the bed against Bama you you didn't give that a game at all like this is kind of it right here you got to make it happen yeah and I mean you're on the road it's just like dude I don't see, I don't see it but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next one for the night game. So let's go ahead and <laughs> cut that shit out. I just buried you guys. This is the second time I've had to cut your little, your little, I've had to cut it out. We're going to go ahead and go with the winning team. Oh. Where is it? West Virginia. That's right. We've got West Virginia at number 17, Oklahoma. Which, like, are we even really still sure that these guys deserve a number next to their name at this point? Ugh. But, look, West Virginia has a chance to spoil here. Uh, Oklahoma, this is interesting, Jared. I'm actually going to want to talk to you about this because – I think Oklahoma got slapped back to reality, finally. Mm -hmm. I think enough has been taken away from them that this now becomes a, we got to play for pride. We got to play for, you know, we still got New Year's Six kind of in the mix-ish. Big bowl at least something. Like, we got to get back into the mix here. But um, it's finally at home. You know, you, you were at Kansas, you were at Oklahoma State, now you're back home. Crowd kind of energizes you here. Uh, I mean, I know West Virginia just worked a silly little BYU team. But I don't know, because I kind of want to take Oklahoma here, but I'm sanctioning them. So I think it's a West Virginia take. I just... I have Oklahoma at nine and a half. I have Oklahoma at ten, so I, I think I'm I'm in lockstep with you a little bit. I, Oklahoma's been a weird team. I think both those games they lost, they were the better team in. Like they just they had more yards, had just were a better team. They just gave away points. I think they had a pick six at the beginning of the the Kansas game, Oklahoma State game. I think that game kind of played out a little odd. Uh, it was a little back and forth, but they had some weird interceptions. It was. It, they were the better team, I think, in both those games. I think they're still probably a top 15 team. Uh, if you look at efficiency metrics, they are. Uh, but West Virginia is not in the top 25. Like, just right. And so it's like they are the better team. However, I think you're right. They've been they've been losing games they should have won. And so it's like it's hard to really go with them. But I think you're right. Getting get them at home, West Virginia has to go on the road. Um, I, I was going to say Oklahoma by 10 here. Uh, so yeah, the yeah. sanctions are going to be interesting here. But if we look at it, uh, Oklahoma's favored by twelve and a half. Oh, so you and I are still on the West Virginia side here. Yeah, we are, and the sanctions I think just keep us on that side. I I am very uncomfortable about this, but I think the, the our, our our system's telling us and this the the the, yeah, I the, ride. the boneyard sanctions are riding with us. I got to ride Virginia. true to this thing. All right. Uh, all right, so we'll take that because look, it's about to get very interesting because I'm about to turn around and do this yet again where I'm going to put us in a difficult situation. Stop and pray that I 
Yes, sir. We're going down there to the Baton Rouge. I got UF at number 19, LSU. About to wipe them down. Down there in the Dust Valley with the Boudin and the Andrew Reed. Florida, Florida, Florida. Mm, 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 mm. Tough, 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 tough week last week, my friends. I mean, who guy walked in with them all naturals and you just could not play football. Hell, couldn't even remember to put his all the men on the field in crucial moments. And the next stretch of games are about to be even tougher. LSU, tough. Tough loss last week. Tough loss. Hey, but hey, welcome back home. Here's UF on a platter. I really only think that the way UF has a chance to stay in this game, and I say this clenching both of my fingers crossed, is uh, you got to throw the deep ball. Good luck. Uh, I mean, their their DBs ain't that good, man. You should be able to do it. Yeah, they're more willing to right now too. So, I, uh, less of a concern. But I, uh, yeah, I, they could give them a run if they can connect on these deep passes. But yeah. Here's the deal. Again, I I just I zombified LSU and I just killed him again. However, I would have said LSU fourteen and a half. So can can we can we do can we do this a little different this week? Yeah, um, I was gonna say, what do you want? What do you want to do here? So, here's my here's my take. I think I, I don't want to be too critical of LSU from last week. I know we zombified them, but because they, that was a game until J. I, I think I really don't. I do think if Daniel stayed in the game, it would have been close in the end. We um, probably would have been flirting it, with that. It cover. was so back and forth, um, and I think he is a big difference for this LSU team right now. They built their offense around him. Um, I think if he plays, I think you're right, like somewhere around that number, like just double digits, double touchdowns, favorites. Um, whereas if he doesn't play, I do think it's closer to a pick I still think LSU would probably be favored a little bit because it's at home and Florida obviously coming off that loss. Um, I say we, we do we do this a little different because, honestly, we're not going to touch this. In, in real life, we wouldn't touch this unless we knew if he was playing or not uh, because at this point you're just betting if he's playing. Uh, I think we should we should handicap this if he plays or versus if he doesn't. So okay. like, uh, what if George? Because here's the thing: I was like, they, they they he practiced today or he was cleared to practice today, but that doesn't mean he can actually play in a game. Which this is pretty late, it's late that in the week. Well, it also doesn't mean he can take hits. Like just because you're cleared to practice and run around a little bit and throw the ball, yeah, doesn't mean you're allowed to take a hit. That's very different when you're talking about concussion protocol. So like. I, I think he's trending in that direction, but at the same time, I mean, we don't know. Like, he could basically show up that day and just him not play. Um, so, I don't know. I think that's the tricky part. I think we just say if he plays, this is the number. If he doesn't, this is the number. I think if he plays, I was going to say 14 and a half. Um, if he doesn't, I was going to say closer to three. Um, so, while you think I, that I number. Could, I could see that because Nussmeyer against that defense, it – it could be an issue. Well, and UF's defense is garbage. Like, it, it is bad, but I also don't think – LSU has not been good when 
Daniels hasn't been playing like they on offense yeah. and their de- their defense is terrible. So it's like a little bit of a, like uh, I, uh, Florida's offense actually isn't awful. It's not great, but it's not awful. Um, so uh, I think that's the thing is like that it's a full touchdown to two touchdown difference, depending on Daniels plays or not. So um, if he doesn't play, honestly, if Florida goes in there and shocks them and pulls the upset, I honestly like, like, all right, that makes sense. Like, I wouldn't bet on it, but I just I think it, it would. Because shock I mean, Florida's them. not bowling yet, man. Like, like to be honest, if I was betting this game in real life, I would say if Daniels isn't playing, I would bet Florida money money line and just say like, go ahead. I see. I would have. I would have bet if let's say lines at fourteen and a half, and shocking news comes out tomorrow. Let's say we grab it today. Shocking news comes out tomorrow. And they're just like, hey, uh, took a turn for the worst. Jaden's not playing. I'm glad I would have taken Florida at 14 and a half. Let's just put it that way. Like, that's almost guaranteed money in my pocket. Yeah. So I'm with you. This is kind of odd. Um, but I think I'm going to stick to LSU 14 and a half and just. I'm, if he plays, yeah, that's my Jaden number. If Garrett plays, five. All right, so if he plays 14 and a half, we're both on that. Uh, so right now, LSU's favored by 14. <laughs> so I think Vegas is saying they're thinking he's going to play. They're thinking he's going to play, yeah. And we're on that, but it, honestly, we take the sanctions and we play that into fact. Like, I think we're on Florida's side here as much as I don't want to be. Yeah. All right. I'll take – yeah, we'll take Florida. All right. So, because of the things, we'll take Florida. And, honestly, we might get lucky and him not play. We might. We might, yeah. Or he's just dinged up and it's not. So, yeah. Well, here's the thing, too, is, like, if the game's close and he takes a weird hit, like, dude, you guys aren't planning for anything at this point. Like, just yes. take him out. Like, you know what I'm saying? That was what I would do. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, great. So, that wraps that up, which means we're going to go ahead and move over to – Oh, yeah. Oh, baby, a little, a little tobacco road. Is that what we got going on here? No, what we have is... I got Duke at number 24 UNC. The rivalry of Tobacco Road has lost a lot of steam. A lot of steam. I mean, at one point, we thought for sure, oh, yes, this is what we need. But Mac Brown had to sit out here and pull one of these bad boys. Stinky. I mean, dude. Number 10. You're ranked number 10. ACC in sights. Everybody in Charlotte is licking their chops. They're loving what they're seeing. Florida State, UNC, top 10 matchup, CFP implications on the line. This is what we're going to do. And you walked in and you just went, Stinky. Don't want to be a part of it. Nope. Mike, I don't blame you, man. Like, you kind of were going to ride or die by your quarterback. Guy gets kind of twinged up. Against Notre Dame, which that game was close. This season looks a little bit different, but 
where I start to blame you is after Riley goes out, you guys have been looking stinky ever since. I mean, it's just <sighs> Duke's not even ranked anymore. UNC is on the fringe. I mean, <sighs> UNC's offense is still pretty good. Tez is out, which sucks. The Duke defense is still good. This might keep them in the game. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Max just always kind of good for, you know, macking around. So uh, I've got UNC at five and a half. Yeah, I can kind of see where that's going. I, I don't think I, – I, you already know how I felt about Riley before the Florida State game. Yep. <laughs> but I, I also don't think – North Carolina's just been so bad on defense, especially against the run, and that's what Duke wants to do. So it's like – I feel like it's a little bit of an equalizer there. It's like I know, you know, Duke has a pretty decent defense and North Carolina has a pretty decent offense, um, and they – Honestly, on offense, they've been kind of hit or miss, and now that they're missing some weapons, uh, that's going to be another challenge uh, on top of all of that. And if Duke can just – we've talked about it before some other teams here. like, can you just, like, run the ball and control the game? I think that's what they're going to try and do. They tried to do it against Florida State, but I think clearly Florida State just had a little bit of extra talent to get through the, the end of it. But I, I don't think North Carolina is there. So, honestly, for me, I was just going to say it was going to be a true pick here. Um, I could see Duke winning this game uh, on the road. Uh it wouldn't shock me if they won by several touchdowns. Um, wow. But, but I, I'm, I'm going to say a pick-up because I also could see it going the other way as well. Okay. All right. What is the line then? Because I'm curious to know. So this one is uh, the first shocker I've seen in a while. Um, North Carolina's favored by 14 points. Oh, we might have to ride Duke. I think we have to because that's insane. That's a lot. Because 14 points? With, Duke is smart. Defense? Duke is smart. I mean, dude, Florida State played a decent game against them and, and won by like 17. Look, look, look. I know that Louisville kind of like did what they did to them, but that, that, was, was, that was after us, and they tried playing a hurt Riley Leonard. Yeah, exactly. And Riley Leonard is going to be a little bit more held. Like he's – there's is no way. I, I would imagine – if not, I mean, the backup's not that bad, though. Like, they kind of figured it out after the Louisville game. Game too late, but, you know. He's yeah. not He's not terrible. I I feel like this is a trap, but I just I don't know why you wouldn't take those points. It's almost yeah, like I'll a take, Georgia game. I'll take two, like, two touchdowns? Like, come on. It's a rivalry game. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's, let's run with Duke, man. All right, cool, cool. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to move into – uh, the next game, which we've got ourselves Oregon hosting USC, the number six Oregon Ducks. And let me tell you something. Oh, yeah, baby. This is a fired-up Oregon team. I mean, you got to be pissed off, right? you got USC walking into town. You've heard all this crap all year about Caleb Williams. They went in here, and they fired Alex Grinch right before you had to play him. Damn you, Washington. Damn you. 
But here we are, Pack 12 After Dark, where the magic happens. Does this revitalize USC? Do my eyes deceive me? An Alex Grinchless Trojan team riding into Austin Stadium right there in the Pac-12 after dark. It's been giving us the wild ones, baby. The wild ones. We're going to go wild for the night. Oregon's still going to beat them because USC is sanctioned. I really hope you guys didn't think I was going to lead you down some primrose path down by the lake. Oh, look at the ducks. Look at the rabbits. Everything looks great. No, USC is still hot garbage. They have proven nothing to me. Oregon's going to win this one ten and a half. Gotcha. I, yeah, I think I, for me this gets into that motivation game. So, like, I think it's going to be closer to, like, 17 okay. uh, or, or higher. Um and like I said, when you get to that number, it's like, okay, where's the motivation at? And I, I, I truly think USC's motivation is gone. I mean, you don't have players crying on the sideline. Like, I, I just don't. I don't talk know, about man. cuddling with your pets watching Netflix. You're firing coaches. It's just, it's maybe that'll give them a little bump. I don't know. I feel like that's that's gonna be reaching for straws if you're gonna take that approach. But I mean, if uh, the rails aren't off yet, they're definitely about to. I mean, dude, Riley. Spanked. Riley drew up some plays last week. Like he he started the kitchen sink. He he that was like their last ditch effort to try and get something here. And I think it just fell short. And I think at this point it's like, all right, we're just building for the future now. And so I think Oregon I think Oregon needs to continue to prove points to, to try and make an argument to get get back in this. Um, they're gonna need some style points if they want a chance to, to make the playoff. And, and if if we're honest, I think I think you could argue they're the best team in the country right now. Like, I, I legitimately, I know they have a loss, and that's hard to make that argument, but they do look good. They look good dude, week it, in and because, week out because they're good on both sides of the ball. Like, there's yeah. a lot of good offenses out there, and they're definitely in that. And Bonix does get a lot of credit and a lot of attention right now, but their defense is legit, man. Like, they outside of that Washington game, they've been elite on defense, and even in the Washington game, they played pretty well, and they just happened to have one one big play at the end of the game that ultimately changed everything. So. I I it, it, I I'm I'm with Oregon big here. I was going to say 21. Okay, that's fair. I uh, I just didn't know to what extent is that offense going to be a problem or lay down and take it. Um. So I said 10. I I think regardless, it's a double digit victory. Mm-hmm. It's. Not. I just don't know how they're going to get stops against Oregon's offense. I really don't. I don't know where, like where that would come from. So. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, does this revitalize them? Does somebody else come in and they're like, "Thank God we don't got to listen to the Grinch anymore," and maybe they do get a couple stops, you know? Because that that offense is still potent, dog. Like, yeah. I just, I still with everything. Like, yeah, you're right. Oregon's just a better team, so they're going to sit there and they're going to find a way. Mm-hmm. To to beat you. This is an Oregon dub. I really just would think you're going to get it by double digits. Gotcha. All right. So between the two of us, I had 21. You had 13, 10 and a half. So that puts it at 15 and a half. 15 and a half, yeah. All right. So uh, right now, Vegas has these teams at 15 and a half on the dot. Oregon's favored by 15 and a half. No way. Wow. Take it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the sanctions do put us over, so I'm, I'm happy with that because I was on that side anyways. But, uh, yeah, with sanctions, we're going to take Oregon in here, uh, 15 and a half. Love that. All right. All right, so that's the week, right? That That is the week. That is the week. And, man, what a good week it's been. I really just – oh. 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 
baby. Do my eyes deceive me? Look at this week. We got a Daisy Duke boot scooting boogie Nashville party cheeks on the move. Hmm. We got our boots on and up and damn it, we're going to need it because we're heading into a sandstorm mm. where the complaints for the sheer amount of cheeks are running rampant. I mean, it's causing cockfights. Are you cocky enough to dominate these Beamer cheeks? Mm. This is Vanderbilt at South Carolina. Vanderbilt? Did you go down to Barbados and get some work on your cheeks? Just like, just like your stadium there in Nashville, still getting some work. Yeah, are your cheeks under construction, ma'am? Is that, that a concrete? BBL? There's concrete in those cheeks. Is that bussy getting a getting a lift? <laughs> All right, yeah, we got a uh, we got Carolina hosting Vanderbilt. I mean, what a toilet bowl in the SEC. Good God. <laughs> I don't think Shane Beamer can come up with more excuses. I I almost kind of hope Vanderbilt wins, just so I can see what Shane Beamer has to come up excuse wise this week. Dude, if I Vanderbilt mean, wins, I'm going to be insufferable. Oh yeah, because that what, what does that put him at? Three wins, four wins. <laughs> I think that is the over for this season. No, no way. No yeah, I think shot. I think it will. I think it will. We'll see. We'll 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 dig back into it. I'm sure we'll hit the the over under pot at the end of the year and see where we landed. But I, I might become insufferable if they pull this one off. <laughs> I see. Now I have to. I have to know. I have <laughs> okay. to know where we're at. We'll look it up. We'll, we'll look two, it up. They're two and eight. They're two and eight. This would be for three wins. Well, and they got three and half. Yeah. So yeah, Vanderbilt needs this. Vanderbilt <laughs> needs this bad. Gotta have. Um, I kind of hope that they they do it because, brother, last week South Carolina was struggling, struggling with an opponent we're all too familiar with. Jacksonville State shows up in town and just went blow for blow until they threw not one but two picks back-to-back. And Carolina finally pulls away in the closing and waning moments of the game. But, oh, I mean, after watching that Gamecock team all year, and then you're getting to see a real stinker like that, and then your coach comes out and starts complaining even more, at what point do you just go, we're better than this, we don't need this? Mm, Yeah. And I think a loss to Vanderbilt would push you over the edge. So... I have South Carolina at three and a half, which exo exacto flippo due to the old cheeks reach around. I got Vanderbilt at three and a half. Yeah, I was gonna South Carolina here pay by twenty. <laughs> yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna be real. <laughs> But uh, I don't know where you I, got twenty. I don't know what offense you were watching. <laughs> I was watching Vanderbilt's defense. It's true. Paper. <laughs> that's the real. That's the real problem. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to be the the big the big kicker here. So yeah, let's pull it up. Uh, 
just 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 so you know, Vanderbilt, we had him at three and a half over for the season. It looks like that's not going to hit. Mm, <laughs> tough. Uh, South Carolina is favored by fourteen here. So we're taking Vanderbilt uh, getting 14 points, which that makes me a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, I feel better about that. If it was three, I would have been like, good luck. (laughs) Yeah, we're screwed. But 14, this is great news because, God, (laughs) Jacksonville State was out there hanging with the best of them. Uh, Jacksonville State's not that bad, but, like, I mean, hell, dude. You should have been having that game. That's terrible. We also had South Carolina at six and a half to over for the season. We're hit. not we're not hitting that. It's not possible. They could win the rest of their games. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. We've already lost that one. It's a tough, they, tough look for it. They're us. a handful on there. I'm pretty sure Illinois was also a, a huge whiff on our Yeah, we had some the over unders might be a little challenge for us, but that, that's a that, that'll be a very humbling experience. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> Why? All right, cool. Well, yeah, that's it for week eleven. Uh, good couple of good ones for you. Not enough to have the speed round, but rest assured, rest assured, good people of of the pod, we will be bringing back speed round it because, damn it, it's just too much fun. But we gotta we gotta make sure we hold its specialty in your hearts and in our hearts. We can't just be putting it out there every week. We gotta we gotta bring it for the good times. So when you know speed round's coming, damn it, it's a good week of football. But uh, all right, that's all for me. What do you got, man? You got any? Comments, questions, concerns, closing comments? No, I, I I think the only thing interesting this week is, I mean, I guess Ole Miss might be interesting with Georgia. I, I really think the only thing interesting is that noon game. Luckily, there's nothing else going on at that time, so we can kind of lock in. But, yeah, that, that Michigan-Penn uh, State game, hopefully Penn State can make it interesting. Uh, we'll see. I mean, maybe maybe after this next week we'll, we'll think we'll say, hey, you know what, hands up, Michigan. You proved it to everyone you're legit. Yep. It deserve to be where you're at, and it is what it is. Hey, and who knows? Maybe Penn State's just not very good. We still haven't figured that out either. So, a lot of um, truth to that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sort through it, but uh, I, I'm excited. I, I think it would be chaos if they won that because then you're looking at – you go to a three-way tie uh, on the Big Ten, uh, the East there. Uh, could be a problem. Oh, oh, yeah. And I would just love to see how they handle it, especially with all this controversy going on. Woo! Buddy, that would be something else. Yeah. Well, appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you again next week. Godspeed. <laughs>